Hello, this is Do Go On. I'm Matt Stewart. And I'm Taran Jayamana. And uh, we're in Sydney. And uh, we're about to be in Brisbane. And we're doing live shows. They're called Dry Dryer. And also, who knew with Matt Stewart in both those cities? And you can get details at mattstewartcomedy.com. Anything else you want to tell the good listeners that do go on, Saran? Well, the whole point of this was you thought that it might be more engaging if you had a different voice. But you've said most of the information. So, hey, come see us in Sydney and Brisbane. Yeah, that was engaging. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. Whether it's your first ever website or your business is expanding, Squarespace makes it easy to create a beautiful website and engage with your audience. Upload video content, organize your video library, and showcase your content on beautiful video pages. You can even sell access to your video library by adding a paywall to your content. Cha-ching! <laughs> you can help with written content on your website with Squarespace AI, which I used to write this next sentence, so check this out. Generate instant, personalized results that know and show your brand identity. Explain what your site is about, choose your tone, and enter what you need to get short or long-form text. Squarespace AI... Squarespace AI makes it easier to go live, stand out, and succeed online. Oh, Dave, if only it could also not just write it, but read it too. <laughs> and edit it. <laughs> hey, sell exclusive content on your site by adding a paywall to sell memberships or courses. Or sell files your customers can download like PDFs, music, or ebooks. Man, it's starting to sound like I'm obsessed with money. <laughs> <laughs> and you are. So head to squarespace.com slash do go on for a free trial and to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Welcome to another episode of Do Go On. My name is Dave Warnicke, and as always, I'm here with Matt Stewart and Jess Perkins. Hello. Hey, Dave. How good is it to be alive? I'm loving life, and I'm loving you both. It's so good to be in your presence once again. Thank you so much. Is there another person you're loving being in their presence right now? Not today, I'm afraid, but... (laughs) uh, Oh, hang on. I didn't look in my periphery. Who's that over there? Joining us this week, a very special guest returning to the podcast. And finally, we get to pod together. It's Marcel Blanche de Wilk. Yeah. Yes. I have returned. I have returned. Mission Impossible, yep. one of your longest episodes ever. Yep. But think, then I it- think I was... You- I think weeks later I was usurped. Yeah, mm. like two weeks later. What episode was that again? That I was think Princess New- Di. Oh, and then the New York to Paris oh, races, God. I think, is now the longest ever, maybe. So Dave went overseas <laughs> yeah. and Matt and I had some guests come in and we realised that Dave serves much more of a purpose than just the footstool we use him as. Mm-hmm. Um, and hey, he really He really keeps the ball rolling because Matt and I just let it it just kept going. Yeah. Do you guys not have enough going on in your lives that you like haven't? Why don't you book more appointments? <laughs> yeah, episode, that's true. Oh, you yeah, know? you're right. We haven't. We need. We need hard 
hard deadlines or Matt and I will just go forever. Yeah, is that oh, we just that- love chatting. We love hanging out with people. I think that is the thing because I've we've got to go at a certain time today and it's it's my fault. How so. many how many roast dinners are your partners throwing out when you get home? <laughs> so many. Mm. That's unrelated. He's just really it's just a hobby of his. <laughs> They're waiting until you know, you're there so they can scrape it into the bin with a knife. Yeah. I always thought Putting out the candle that's the down to the nub. into the driveway and they're like, okay, here they come. I always thought it was the strangest phenomenon in movies and TV shows where they, they do that moment. They're like, oh, well, it was cold. And then they're just scraping it into the bin. It'll keep. There's no yeah. meal. Yeah. That if it's a little bit cold, it's like, well, that's That's useless. ruined. Yeah. Pop it, pop and it, it could, in the oven. You knew for a while that. They weren't coming home. Why are you serving dinner if they're not here yeah. yet? Can I just say, if a full roast is going in the bin, I'm getting in the bin. <laughs> I love a roast. I'm not missing out. Get in that bin. Get in that bin. No, no way. So, Marcel, you're, you're on a bit of a, let's just say this, a, a podcast jaunt, a bit mm-hmm. of a, a media tour. I love a jaunt. I love a tour. I mean, what can you do in this fast-paced publicity <laughs> world but do- the local pods when you're trying to sell your Melbourne Comedy Festival show. I love it. It's a great- Fast approaching. It's the new way. It's the Mm. new way. So, you are doing a show at the Melbourne International Comedy Festival, which we all are, and we can talk about them now. Mm. First of all, Marcel. Yes, it's called The Newlyweds. It's an improv show. Uh, The two of us, me and my wife, we are not newlyweds, but it was the first draft name. Like many first draft names, you go, well, that's going to stick around. You were newlyweds at one point. We were newlyweds at one point, exactly. Um, We do a show and it's completely improvised. We get a couple of suggestions. You guys have seen it. Yeah. Matt hasn't seen it. I loved it. I haven't seen it. Is this the show, Dave, that you talked about someone kept- Walking in on it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty amazing. <laughs> he really made the show. There was, yeah, someone who walked in three times into the room, then fell asleep and then got startled and left. It was and they drunk, weren't part drunk, of it? A drunk guy who wasn't even a friend of ours or a fan of improv. He just wandered into the venue and- Was the audience thinking, there would have been people in the audience thinking- this is part of the show. It's so strange what people think is the <laughs> yeah, plant. Yeah. Oh, so someone heckled you in that audience and called you a fuckhead. Did you tell that guy <laughs> to do that ahead of time? Was that your dad? Yeah, and you're like, oh, God, why would I plan that sort of yeah. thing? Yeah. Uh, but we addressed it, which is the beauty of improv. And, like, he, he ended up coming in at the end of, like, the most perfect time to wrap up the show. <laughs> we almost should have paid him something. Yeah. Oh, get that guy back. Get him on the payroll. That Loved was incredible. It. He was also sitting sideways at one point and he came back in like 48 minutes into the show, <laughs> sat down with his his chair facing a different direction to everybody else and immediately just got out his phone. What was so great about it, when he first came in, he was like, oh, no, thank you, and walked out. And I'm like, that's fine. I'm, like, You want to have an audience member who decides they're not into it. Absolutely. Yeah. I will show myself out. But then you don't expect to see that person <laughs> Come again, back two more times. And again. An yeah. empty seat is better than someone hating the show. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Which is why you don't just fly anyone on the street. If I could have do go on listeners in the newlyweds audience, I'd be thrilled. Yeah. And where will they be turning up and on what dates to see the show? Don't quiz me on dates. Okay. All right. But- <laughs> it's still too early. <laughs> Sometime in April. Yeah, it's yeah. the st- it's the first ten days of the comedy festival at Storyville. Uh, we're doing ten shows only. And the beauty of of long form improv, what we're doing, like we're not theatre sports, okay. We're doing long form, which is essentially we get a couple of suggestions and we do a long play. It's comedic. Me and my wife play multiple characters. It's real stupid. What are you doing? The it's Harold? real fun. It's not a Harold, but I'm impressed that you're dropping lingo. Okay, because I did, I did two, go uh, to Chicago to study the Harold. I did two units of uh, Chicago style. It, so, it shows. Uh, I it hated shows. it. I hated every minute of it. <laughs> 
It was, I just felt uncomfortable the whole time. And yet you, I, you know, when I listen to episodes that do go on, I'm like, oh, I can hear yeah. the Chicago stuff <laughs> coming through. Uh, that deep dish yeah. is coming through the cans. Oh, a bit of wind you, coming through. How do you feel about the deep dish? Uh, I've never been to Chicago. Mm. Uh, oh, you could have a deep dish at home. Yeah, it sounds more like a quiche almost. But I, I think I'm happy with uh, just normal dish. But, I, you know, until yeah. I try it, I can't. Do you ever go into a pizza shop and say, I'll have normal dish pizza? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, just normal dish, thanks. <laughs> Hey, sorry, I'm from Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> Is this the Herald? Yeah, I think we're are we in a Herald now. <laughs> that's the thing they do. When Matt is sweeping the. I'm uh, sweeping it. That's cutting it. What cut- does that mean? So it's, someone it's an edit. Who's, it's an edit. Someone who's off stage will walk, but they'll just decide we've had enough of this, and I'll just walk across the screen. I want to just gong you, and that's it. They just have to start a new thing. Yeah, <sighs> love it. There you go. And who's Harold? Uh, Do we have I time for it? It was just a name pulled out of oh, here. Okay. This is this Marcel, report, one this, time, Today's report is not going to be. You, about you've got to come back one day and tell the story of that guy who came up with the Harold. What's his name? Um, gosh, I was. I considered. I considered. Del Close founded IO, and I, I can't remember if Harold is directly attributed to him, but he's one of like the big godfathers of of improv. Um, but also a twisted and not great guy. Really, a guy in improv. Well. <laughs> 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 That's the Godfather being a creepy guy. I wouldn't have seen that coming. <laughs> They're all improv people I've met. Really great. Yeah. So. Hey, I'm one of the improv people <laughs> you met. Marcel, I think if you actually rewind the tape, you'd hear that what I said was all improv people I've met are great. Oh, yeah. sorry. So- My apologies. <laughs> Sweet at it. I've looked it up. Uh, Marcel, just quickly, your episode was three hours and forty nine minutes, mm-hmm. uh, which is longer. The Princess Diana one was three hours twenty three, but you oh. were just pipped by the nineteen oh eight New York to uh, Paris motor race, three hours fifty four minutes. Wow! So wow. It's, it's well, very I think it's close unfair as well time. that Dave. Like, I almost feel like you. You. This is against me that you have an appointment and now I can't even attempt. Sorry, the record. Sorry, but I cannot sit still for four hours. Mm. Well, I mean, we're doing a good job because we haven't even got close to the topic yet. Okay. What if I just keep going and you guys are <laughs> fine with us, or I send you the rest of? Yeah, the yeah, yeah, that's fine. We'll just tell you how to turn off the mic. <laughs> it's and, just uh... me from my bedroom with the rest of the episode. <laughs> let's explain how the okay. show works, and then let's get into it. Okay, so what we do here, Marcel, is which I know you're aware of. We take it in terms of report on a topic. Often suggested to us by one of the listeners, go away, do a little bit of research, bring it back to the group. And you've brought us a guest report this week, which we're stoked about. Mm. I have. And we usually start with a question. Do you have a question to get us on the topic? I do. It's a little game called Name This Theme Tune. Ooh. Oh, wow. Okay. Yep, I'm going to use the art of acapella to <laughs> pretend I'm instruments. This, right? is a, yeah. this is a first, I believe. I love it. Oh, no one's done Name This Theme Tune no. before? No. Not for the Princess Die episode? <laughs> Like a candle in the wind. <laughs> that's that's a theme tune. All right, uh, all right. Name this theme tune. Okay. Bum ba bum 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 ba bum. Bum ba bum bum. Indiana Jones. Wait, Matt's still going. Hang on, I got this. Wheel of Fortune. Yeah, my report is all about the Wheel of Fortune. Yeah. Come Bur- on down. Ta-ta. Did Berger have something to do with Wheel of Fortune? Uh, yeah, posting was- it counts. I thought he was um, catchphrase. Yeah, th- as well. Uh, 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 people can have two jobs. He's <laughs> wow. a millennial, not okay? In, not in my world. Um, is it Indiana Jones? It's Indiana Jones. Some of my favourite all-time movies. Yes. Well, that was going to be my em. first question. What, you haven't seen the no, Indiana Jones movies? No. 
you're too busy living them, yeah. being dusted off by an archaeologist. That's right. <laughs> Fedora wearing, I'm going around being it's- insensitive to other cultures. Oh, I'm not saying you, I'm, not, I'm not saying you are Indiana Jones. You're I'm saying, saying you're one of the off. you're one of the relics that he might yeah. find. You're an old. <laughs> you're old. And, and, that today, you piece of shit. <laughs> and dusted off is a sex thing, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Should- Harrison Ford's dusting my dick for Prince. <laughs> I've had a look. All he found is his own. <laughs> Who are the? Fr- <laughs> <laughs> I've had a look in uh, in our suggestions. Uh-huh. Uh, Aaron Wolf has suggested Indiana Jones. The reasoning being they are great movies. Okay. Which isn't, um, Aaron, ain't, Aaron ain't wrong. Um, and other than that, people have suggested people they've used it as like uh, Indiana Jones as an example. Like, oh, this is the female Indiana Jones or the real life Indiana Jones. But it looks like. He might be the only person who's just suggested the movies of Indiana Jones. Who did who did credit the re- the real life Indiana Jones? That might come. There's up. a few. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's a couple of different names that have come up by the looks of it. So yeah, right. I wondered if you'd done any of the real life ones. But maybe, I had one up for a vote up. recently. But it, when I was looking for them, there I reckon there's eight or nine different real life Indiana Jones. Yeah, there. yeah, yeah. I can't believe you haven't seen any of the the pictures. I tried. It, I started watching the first one. Once, because Andy Matthews loves them. They're his favourite films. And, yeah, I fell asleep. Really? One, famously close. one of the best opening action sequences ever. Yeah. I get, fell I, asleep. I think I was tired. I was working a real job <laughs> Something about then. rolling boulders just puts you right <laughs> to sleep. That's how it starts. Yeah. Freaking hell. I want to do, do the whole series for primates at one point, because there's monkeys in most of them, I think. Mm, that's going to come up as well. Also, well, this is exciting. Yeah. Wait, are you gonna, exciting. You're not going to tell the stories, are you? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> have you heard of a brazier recap? Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Jess, have you seen them? We didn't ask you. I've seen. I think I've recently watched the first one, mm-hmm. but I don't think I've seen others beyond that. Yeah, Do you right. think I'll enjoy them after them being spoilt today? I the recaps will be. You know, I've I've taken the Wikipedia's and I've I've made it put it into my own words and I've thrown in some things. So this whole thing isn't going to be a recap. So I'm going to give you. A bit of everything. We're going to get right. a sense of like how the movie came to be, uh, the film series, a little bit about what happened in them. The film? Or did they make a Wheel of Fortune film? <laughs> Who is this I'm, guy? I'm confused. Only two units of Chicago style improv. <laughs> That's what happens. That's what happens to someone. <laughs> yeah. He's improv once about Wheel of Fortune and he can't escape it. He, this is go to every time. <laughs> I remember stuck in the bit. One time I re- like I often got good laughs, but I never knew what I was doing and I was just always feeling like I was panicking. I remember one time someone's <laughs> like, "Hey, it's <laughs> something really awkward like, "Hey, uh, what do you do?" "I'm a I'm a swashbuckler. I'm barma. <laughs> I'm a sh- I'm swashbuckling." <laughs> And I, and I, well, I'm getting a laugh from Jess right now. Yeah, but I'm laughing at him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think it was always just like, oh, it's funny because he's bad at this. I find somebody getting very flustered and yelling a random word quite funny. Swashbuckler. So I will say I'm excited that we have we have a ticking clock today. This is good. This yeah. is going to be good. Would have been more appropriate for the Mission Impossible This is, this is true. This is true. But We've hey. got to stop saying that because there are people out there who think we rush through topics because we're pressed for time. That's not really what's going to happen. You don't. You just have a report that's going for the amount of time we've got, which is over two hours. This is true. But the the room is slowly filling with water. We should mention, <laughs> we should mention that, shouldn't we? Is that, is that rude as a uh, guest this to is, mention that? Yeah, it's an audio medium for a reason, okay. Marcel. Yeah, if we wanted to make it smell a vision, we do that. Is my that, socks. Is that how you feel water? My socks are soggy right now. Is what I'm saying, and I just feel. You're welcome. That'll keep you nice and cool on this hot day. 
Hmm. Let's talk about the theme because I just, you know, I, I sung you the theme, I think, perfectly, pitch perfect. Yeah. I, I knew it straight away. Yeah. It's an iconic theme. I, I If you go to the Blue Mountains and you go down, if you go to Scenic World in the Blue Mountains and you go down their little uh, roller coastery thing in uh, New South Wales, they play the Indiana Jones theme as you're going down. Wow. wow it's that- about 15 seconds long, so it's not very epic, but it's kind of fun. I, I imagine they, they've bought the rights to that. I don't know <laughs> if they, they have. They, that's why they keep it 15. 15 seconds. Yeah. <laughs> but it feels so epic. You start going down and you're like, yeah. oh, great. I'm going down this little roller coaster down a hill and then it abruptly stops. As go, they're oh. going down, though, uh, you know, there's a, a Weird Al Yankovic style parody. So, you know, that's okay. <laughs> we get we can get passed on the parody law. Jim Deanna Jones. Yeah. <laughs> We're reviewing it on the way down. It's okay. We're just using this for <laughs> <Yeah>. review. <laughs> we always give our opinion on the piece. Uh, it's composed by John Williams. And I, I, I found this out about John Williams. He has been nom- nominated. Uh, diff- that's John Williamson, I oh, believe. Okay, sorry. Um, <laughs> he's not famous for composing uh, for Steven Spielberg. John Williams has been nominated for- Anyone want to guess how many Oscars he's been nominated for? 12. 52. What? You said 12. You look such an idiot. (laughs) (laughs) And how many for John Williamson? Um, I don't have that. Okay, sorry. What is that? uh, What's that emu one he does? Uh, Then he's got- uh, True Blue. True Blue. True (laughs) emu. True emu. What's he got? 52? But to make you feel better about your achievements in life, he's only won five of them. Only five? Suck it, John. Yeah. Yeah. Is this Williamson or Williams? (laughs) Rip Rip Woodchip? Rip Rip Woodchip is a a big one. It's a big one. But 50, that is incredible. That's amazing. Rip Rip Woodchip, turn (laughs) it in the paper. (laughs) It's an incredible song. You should look it up. Did John Williams win any for Indiana Jones? I... I will reveal that at the end because I didn't have the information. Oh my god! So I, don't believe, I, don't, I, don't, I was just wondering I, that because that theme song is so iconic. Sometimes stuff that wins, like you know, best original song, or whatever, we'll never think about that again. But Indiana Jones, I'm thinking about that weekly. Yeah, they don't have most iconic did song it, at the. Oscars. He also did the Jaws one, didn't he? That's that's iconic. Didn't him. And the didn't uh, him. Star Wars ones. Mm. The man's done a few. Rippers. The man's done a few. It's true. Rip, it's true. Rip. rip wood, chip, turn it in the paper. He could, he could probably get his own report himself. Um, yeah, so I love Indiana Jones. I was someone who watched the third one a lot because that was the one that was on TV. It's sort of the same with like Back to the Future movies. Channel 10 was showing the, the second and third one a lot more than the first one. So I watched these backwards. Yeah. Um, so always love the third one. It's so good. But we're going to start. With the first. Okay. Our story begins in a little island that Jess Perkins will be familiar with, Hawaii. Oh, my God. A cluster mm. of islands. <laughs> All right, don't Hawaii screen it's me. It's an archipelago, mate. <laughs> my God. So, the year is, is 1977, <laughs> and uh, this is from an article by Steve Pond, published in the Washington Post. Spielberg says, we were sitting on the beach in Hawaii building sandcastles. Did you know that's what filmmakers, they like to build sandcastles, apparently? Mm, all the, of them. The story goes that George Lucas wanted some company in Hawaii as he was very nervous about how his new movie, Star Wars, was going to do at the box office. So, he we went to a nightclub on the prowl. <laughs> <laughs> Lucas on the brow <laughs> with that weird little beard. <laughs> they all have him. Those directors love a little beard. So he invited like his mate. No, you, no, George Lucas. I thought you said Spielberg. Well, both. They're, they're both involved. Yeah. They've both got similarly small. No, his isn't as small. 
I don't mention their their beards don't come up in this piece. Is that bad? Have I not been yeah, thorough enough? You haven't been. So Spielberg and Lucas are talking about future projects. Spielberg had recently bombed at the box office with a movie called 1941. Has anyone seen? No. That? Yeah, good no. year though. A good, good year. year. What yeah. were you doing in 1941? Um, I was uh, probably <laughs> dodging not- the draft. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Being a coward, uh, receiving wait, many wait, white feathers. feathers <laughs> <laughs> I look like a bloody chicken. Which <laughs> 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 I guess is apt, really, isn't it? <laughs> so Spielberg was wanting to do a James Bond movie and he had been asking, and I know you guys love names. You love a good name yes. on this on this podcast. And he was talking to who was in charge of the the Bond films at the, at the time, Cubby Broccoli. Oh, yeah. Cubby, oh, the broccolis, of course. You like Cubby? Cubby, Cubby Broccoli. I didn't know there was a Cubby Broccoli. That's great. So he was he wanted to do a Bond movie, but then Lucas is like, "Hey, I've got this other idea. What about you come and do a movie that I've dreamed up called Raiders of the Lost Ark." Mm. Um, we started a tradition of building lucky sandcastles, Spielberg says. So we used to build sand- build sandcastles in Hawaii, and if the sandcastle withstood the first high tide, the film was a hit. If the high tide overran the sandcastle, we were going to have to struggle to make our money back. That was our superstition, and that was our tradition. So, did they just- Cancel movies if they fell over. <laughs> Sorry, Titanic. <laughs> there he is, the greatest filmmaker of all time, <laughs> basing whether he publishes the movie on the sandcastle. Yeah, it's bizarre. So George Lucas said, "If I retire, it's yours. Like if 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 Star Wars is a hit and I don't need to direct other movies, then he's going to give it. He's going to give Raiders to Spielberg." Wow. So George Lucas. Did, like he was only doing, he was only directing as a means to make cash. Yeah, I, I learned more about. Well, he just wasn't really into directing. He loved right. producing. I think he liked fa- farming out his ideas to other people. He just liked building sandcastles. Mm. You can't make money doing Shant that. Man. He had to do something. So at this time, Raiders was simply a Lucas and Phil Kaufman outline, which was another director and writer for a story about archaeologist Indiana Smith. <laughs> That was the first draft name. It's funny because we'd probably be laughing if it was Indiana Smith and right now the draft was Jones, but it just sounds wrong. Mm. Like, do you think you could live in a world where it was Indiana Smith? Aqua has a hit song called Dr. Smith, Dr. Dr. Smith, calling Dr. Smith. (laughs) Well, they don't really rhyme it, do they? Where are you? I thought that song was about Dr. Jones, I presume. Was that no? What's that thing, Doctor Doctor Livingston? Livingston, <laughs> how stupid is that? I always thought that was referencing something that's Sorry. not even the name. <laughs> oh, they mispronounced Livingston. Oh well, Doctor Jones. Jones. So that song's about Indiana Jones. That's so yeah, the funny. The film clip is all Indiana Jonesy. Right. Yeah. The clue Sorry, is I'm in thinking the of Barbie Girl. So Indiana Smith was later vetoed because it sounded too much like a Western character named Nevada Smith. Big. I've never seen any of those Nevada Smith movies. I like it. So for five days, Spielberg, Lucas, and screenwriter Larry Kasdan holed up in Lucas's secretary's house near Los Angeles and shouted ideas at each other. Oh, the secretary was like, oh, yeah, sure, I can make some room. <laughs> sure thing. I've I'll, got kids. Yeah, I'll uh, get the Lilos out. <laughs> Put them on the lounge room floor. Can you boys keep it down, please? <laughs> it's a th- 3 a.m. Three grown men can yell in my house. <laughs> and, like, she hotel. would just be hearing weird stuff about this archaeologist. Jones, Smith, Smith, Jones. Big they're, boulders, they're bigger boulders. Two of the most common names, right? Yeah, but then you get a, a, an interesting first name, like Indiana. Yeah, You, know, you right. can't have two crazy names. Yeah. It's sort of strange that you don't meet many Indianas. You meet a lot of Indies, I guess. It's a popular girl's name to be Indy, but it didn't take off. Yeah, is it, There's I, a few, but I, I always, not heaps. 
I, I always assumed that he was it was his nickname based on where he was from, but it's that's his, just his first Ooh, name. Oh, it's going to come up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. okay. Like he's doing a lot of eyebrows. A lot of eyebrows. Oh, yeah. Okay. She's millhousing those brows. Oh, you think he's from Indiana, do you? <laughs> this guy. Hey, Warnicky, lower those eyebrows. And, <laughs> and, the, and other the other one. <laughs> so they said that, like, they were making it up as they went along. But then, like, Lucas, and Lucas always has a different version of events in all the accounts that I read and the behind-the-scenes <laughs> stuff. He seems to be the... I'm trying to put this nicely. Is this about his small beard? He seems <laughs> to have shit ideas and then the rest of the creative team make them good. Right. Yeah. That- don't feel bad. I don't think he's listening to this podcast. Oh, oh, the guy they thought of Star Wars and Indiana Jones has pretty shit ideas. <laughs> well, he's got. I think he's an ideas man, but then he needs someone to make sure what ideas are taken on and what ideas are sort of moved Needs a little quality control. Every partnership needs that, right? You need yeah. someone generating the ideas. Yeah. Who do you think the George Lucas of this podcast is? Well, I've got the smallest beard. <laughs> uh, I would argue I have the smallest beard. <laughs> well, Aiden's pretty big. <laughs> <laughs> we don't want to answer that because nobody wants to admit our ideas are shit. Uh, it's probably me. I mean, let's be honest. Hey. I, hey. I generate a lot of ideas and I always come to them to go on, I think I've got a really good idea. And I'm starting to think I I won't go in with that much confidence anymore. It'd be more like, you know, just going, eh? Because sometimes they're like, fantastic. This is great. We'll do that. And sometimes like, Ugh. have you thought about the consequences of this? And I say, not really. <laughs> and that's what you need. You need a consequence yeah. person. So. I've got two of them. Luca says- it just took me five days. Like he said, the story was already laid out. It just took me five days to tell it to those guys because every time I started explaining a scene, they'd pipe up and say, no, 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 it's not going to work. Let's do this. But you haven't even heard where it's gone. So you need to hear the whole thing first. And then they go, all right, breakdown, scene one. I didn't think it worked because of this. But like they're like, he's like, in the beginning, no, 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 <laughs> no, 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 yeah, what's your best guess at, like, I mean, you've started watching the first one, what's, but what's your best guess about what these are all about? I, I, I imagine they're kind of like The Mummy, but set somewhere else. Is it set in South America That's actually how it was pitched. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like a, it's before The Mummy, though, isn't it? But it's, it's vaguely time. like that sort of thing. They're going into other countries and taking stuff, mm-hmm. but they're the heroes. Yeah, I, I yeah. guess he's pretty much nailed it. You should be pitching movies. Yeah. All right. What do you got? <laughs> all right, to you. <laughs> Um, you should listen to my podcast, Who Knew with Matt Stewart, because each week I write a couple of fake synopsis for movies. True. So I've got a bunch up my sleeve. I have listened. And Normally, uh, the characters learn a little bit about themselves <laughs> along the way. <laughs> my favourite genre. My favourite genre of film. George Lucas, uh, from a 1981 New York Times article written by Janet Maslin, he says, With both Star Wars and Raiders, I started out by asking myself, gee, when I was a kid, what did I really like? Mr. Lucas recently explained he liked the daring do of the serials and the unbeatable courage of their characters, not to mention the 30s settings. Practically every movie star of the 30s has one movie like this, be it Alan Ladd or Clark Gable or whoever playing a soldier of fortune in a leather jacket and that kind of hat. 
Mr. Lucas said. <laughs> you know, no, that, that kind of hat. You know, that kind of hat. That's the yeah. pitch. And then Larry Casson's like, no, 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 <laughs> not that kind of hat. <laughs> so his idea is like, you know, one of those movies that have been made already. Yeah, which I think is interesting as well how Hollywood has that reputation these days of being, oh, they just keep doing the Rehashing. same thing from the past. They've been doing that. Forever. Forever. Yeah. yeah, like King Kong movies are remade every couple of decades. Exactly, but I think it's just so funny that, oh, these days there's no new ideas. There's never been new ideas. <laughs> so there really is just limited stories to tell. <laughs> when that plane, when that train arrived at the station, they were like, what else can we do with that train? Let's rob the train. They did that. You know, and then yeah. they Let's shoot it into things. the moon. Because, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just nostalgia does funny things, right? Because the same people who are going, oh, let's... M- we don't. Everyone's rehashing movies now. I want to make movies like when I was a kid. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, rehashing but movie also ideas. If you, if yeah. you do, doing go, the same if you do go a couple of decades further back, then it does feel fresher. Like right. just one decade back. I and I, I, I love that kind of movie. That sort of golden age, if that's what it is, where it is like a mummy or whatever. You know, I do. I do enjoy those kind of movies. And I, you know, I'm nostalgic because of the mummy, not realizing that it was nostalgic because of the movie makers were probably thinking about Indiana Jones, mm. who were thinking about. Decades before that. Yeah. but And yet you've somehow avoided watching them this whole time. <laughs> you've been busy. Well, it's interesting, isn't it? I, I guess I would probably like them, right? I, I avoided watching, um, and then sometimes it just it hasn't come up. If someone asks to watch a movie, I'll watch it with them. You but, will. But the, the What are you doing after this? <laughs> uh, I've got nothing on. I'm happy to, I'm, I'm keen to watch some. But I do, I've, I've been sort of saving them for Primates episodes because of the monkeys. But Yeah, uh, great. What was that Tom Cruise Plane movie? Plane Top movie. Gun? Top Gun, yes. So I, <laughs> I hadn't seen <laughs> I hadn't seen that, you know, I, n- I never saw that until about five years ago. And I, I, one of my best mates was like, it's his favourite movie, so good. And I ended up watching it, I'm like, oh, this kind of sucks. <laughs> I think it was built up too much. Yeah. And I feel that maybe Indiana Jones, will, the same thing will happen. Although I've heard the new Top Gun is awesome. So it might happen again. <laughs> I'll go see that and I'm like, huh, that sucked too. <laughs> the original Top Gun is not. But it's not very it's good, not right? Film. No, it's, it's. I mean, it's yeah. you know, if you're lucky, like I'm not not having a go. But for me, I was just like, oh, this that's wild that this is iconic. How much hate mail is this episode going? Oh, I'm sorry, hate. Top Gun fan. Nah, sorry, I love that you love it. I want to speak briefly about his iconic hat. It's a it's a fedora. Okay, he's re- it's a fedora hat. And I can you answer this? Mm. How does he make it look cool when it looks so bad on nerds? I think as Harrison Ford is oh, okay, and yeah. is an extremely handsome man. It's a particular it's a particular style known as the poet, apparently. The so poet. Like, I think it's not always the same one that creeps are wearing. Yeah. Cre- I didn't say it. creeps. <laughs> I'll say it. Creeps. Sometimes they're creeps. At least one person is listening to this podcast. I look with very, on very goofy. Taking it off. Well, wear those kind of hats occasionally and look very goofy. Are you a hat guy? Oh yeah. Yeah. More of a cap guy, I guess. Mm. Love a cap. Very sun smart man. You have to be with my complexion. So George Lucas talked about the idea of like he took Serial's characters and put them in in space and it was Star Wars. And I was like, I'm just going to do that again. So let's talk a little bit about Serial's. Uh, they were inspired by episodic thrillers like uh, Serial's called Spy Smasher, 
Tailspin Tommy, and Commander Cody. Oh. None of those are real, but cool. Spy do you guys, Smasher. Do you guys know what a serial is? Not really. It's just something that continues on, right? Mm, this guy's this guy, he's a, he knows. a smart guy in the group. So I'll, g- I'll give you a brief little overview because this is what like inspired Like a serial Indiana killer Jones. Yeah. is someone who does it in episodes. Yeah, every week there's a cliffhanger. <laughs> we'll we'll be, we'll kill be it again. Yeah. Kill it again. Uh, so a, a serial film, film serial, movie serial, chapter play is a motion picture form popular during the first half of the 20th century consisting of a series of short subjects exhibited in consecutive order at one theatre, generally advancing weekly until the series is completed. That's a very thorough explanation from mm. Wikipedia just then. Has so- it got to anything to do with the word series? Serial? I'm not Latin. <laughs> oh. <laughs> how do we how did this guy get the I'm gig? I'm not Latin. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm I'm not Latin and people are often accusing me of knowing the root words of whether it's old old Greek or Latin and I, I think it's I, just I, that I you wear glasses. Yeah. People assume that comes with Knowledge yeah. of etymology of words. We assume you know Latin and you have a fedora at home. <laughs> <laughs> um, thank you for not calling out the fedora that I'm wearing right now. <laughs> well, you've got a spare one at home. And my bullwhip. <laughs> so each chapter was screened at a movie theatre for one week and ended with a cliffhanger in which characters found themselves in perilous situations with little apparent chance of escape. Which I, I really like those old days of the movies where they'd show you, a, you'd get a bunch of things. Because Lucas and Spielberg, uh, they saw these in re- reruns. They weren't old enough to be... You know, watching him when they first came out in the twenties and thirties, hmm. but they'd they'd go. You'd go see a Saturday afternoon. So go to the movies on a Saturday afternoon. You'd sit through two feature movies, ten cartoons, previews, a newsreel, and two serials. But wow. movies were shorter back then, right? I don't think they were. So that that's a long day. No, it cost you like. A quarter of a nickel. Yeah, exactly. A quarter Just of nothing. a nickel. They they'd pay you to go in there. Yeah. <laughs> They've got to have been shorter than today. They're now they're bleeding out over three hours. That would have been like hour and a half or whatever. I, I guess so. I don't have the run times at hand. You don't have many answers today. <laughs> well, it's a little bit later, but Gone with the Wind was so long they had to have an interval. Yeah, yeah there's right. a lot of interval movies. West Side yeah. Story has an interval. Yeah. I like it. I like an interval. People need to wee. And bladders right. back then were much smaller. Yeah, that's true. Inflation. But also the cu- <laughs> but also the drinks <laughs> the drink sizes were smaller too. Mm. Makes you think. Oh yeah, that's true. Hang on. Do you think yeah, which came first? <laughs> the bladder expansion or, or, or the, the big, big gulp. Big, the big gulps. I find it strange that in movie cinemas in America like you can get like free refills. Who's getting up to Yeah. Get- I mean for a re- free refill, Mark. They're also so big already. How do you get yeah. through one of those huge cups? Exactly. I had a waitress bring me three pints of like Diet Coke and I was like, I'm gonna die. At once. Please stop. No, just kept. She kept just taking my almost empty glass and bring refilling it and bring it back. And I was right. like, oh, I can't. And drink you kept it. drinking it. You're like, I don't want to be. Well, rude. I had two, and then by the time the third one came, I was like, oh no. It was. You'd have been caffeining you, off your head. Were you okay? Yeah. I was okay. It was also the time I ate a pretzel that was bigger than my head. It was a good day. <laughs> kept refilling the pretzel. <laughs> it was a David Buster's. I got to play guitar here all night. It was actually one of the best days of my Where life. Where <laughs> was this magical land? What it was Dave and Buster's. You got to get to a Dave and Buster's at some point in your life. And what whereabouts fun. would this be? Is it your tenth birthday or something? No, this is uh, six months ago. Um, oh, is this in Hawaii? This is in Hawaii. Wow. Uh, Dave and Buster's is just like a chain. It's a sports bar slash arcade. Dave and Buster's. Did you happen to so see fun. some sandcastles upon a beach representing the success of a film? Or- and they were still standing. <laughs> wow, right. it's going to be a good episode. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they ended up filming 
Jurassic Park there as well, didn't that? That's another Spielberg. This is, this is he bloody loves that place. Yep. He loves, I mean, I guess if you had an excuse to, hey, where should we film? Maybe Hawaii. We get to stay yeah. yes. on a beach in a beautiful hotel. Yeah, Kualoa Ranch is where we it was. We just start Ooh. writing films around yeah. Hawaii. Beach scenes. <laughs> yeah, beach movies. Like The Beach. Like the Beach. Thailand. Yep. Casting Harrison Ford. Uh, spoiler alert, Harrison Ford. What? Is, is what a guy. Is it how long into the movie is that revealed? Oh, well, there's a beautiful, like, moment where, like, this guy sneaks up on on a sort of shadowy figure with a gun and you're like, oh, oh, this guy's got the drop on him. And then there's a crack of a whip and the gun flies out of this guy's hand. And who steps out of the shadows but Harrison Ford? Whoa. Is is he the titular raider of the Lost Ark, I wonder? Thought Dave Warnicky (laughs) watching the movie. Yeah. I had it on video. Mm. Oh. It was one of two videos that were at my grandparents' house. It was this one, Raiders of the Lost Ark, and the other one was The Five Doctors, the Doctor Who movie that they made in the 80s. Oh. Oh. Is any good? Loved it. I haven't watched it in a long time, but they were the two. Ah. And then eventually we inherited the tapes and they'd be my go-to sick home from school videos. Watch them over and over and over. (laughs) You're at Raiders and the Five Doctors. Yeah. Yeah, Double feature. And how much would you say that those two movies comprise your current personality? About 98%. Right. Wow. Mm. That's a big percentage. Got to explain yeah. a lot. I wear yeah. a fedora and also a very long scarf. <laughs> <laughs> He's a weird guy. You're, you're sweating right now. <laughs> He's one of those creeps I was talking about earlier. Take, take the scarf off. No. If Tom, it's good enough for Tom Baker, it's good enough for me. So, the casting of Indiana Jones, this is from Empire. The casting of Indiana Jones is one of Hollywood's great folk tales. Spoiler alert, it's not really. Um <laughs> Spielberg suggested Harrison Ford to George Lucas after a countrywide search for an unknown. So, they wanted to get an unknown. Like, George Lucas wanted to get an unknown, but Spielberg was like, hey, what if we got Harrison Ford? He was already good yeah, he's as Han Solo. Yeah, the same character. Yeah, and, but George Lucas was like, let's not get Harrison Ford. Because Harrison Ford was an unknown, pretty much. Yeah, he was a carpenter, I believe, was working on uh, oh, George no, Lucas's house. another guy was house. a carpenter. Oh, yeah. Back he had some wacky ideas. He had a few wacky ideas, mm. but he also made it on the big stage eventually. Mm. His also- name <laughs> yes? was Carson H- Henderson. Wow. Uh, he went on to have, yeah. It was, a, it was a community TV show but about right. home renovations, yeah. It sounds good. I should, he should get a report. Um, but I just like the idea of, like, them going, they should get a Harrison Ford type, but not Harrison Ford. And then eventually, like they 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 audition other people. Um, a few of them were Tim Matheson, Peter Coyote, which oh is all, which is a great name. That's that would all, get you in yeah, the door, right? That should get you in the door as being called Peter Coyote. That's his actual name, Coyote. yeah. Ah. And and Tom Selleck. Tom ah. Selleck was almost Indiana Jones. I can kind of see. I can, I can see, see that. Yeah. Which, which, like, some people sort of joked about as like, oh, imagine, imagine Tom Selleck being Indiana Jones if you know big mustache and whatever. But you watch, he he almost got the role. There's audition videos out there, and it's quite good. It's yeah, quite you good. could. It's so funny. Can you imagine? Another leading man getting yeah. this leading man <laughs> but role, he, but he never got to the heights of Harrison Ford. Like, he, but he would have if he got this part. You'd think. I think so, but then who would have played Monica's boyfriend? Yeah, in Friends, not Harrison Ford. Indiana, yeah. Would, in, would Harrison Connery. Ford have come in there and been Monica's? I don't boyfriend? think so. I don't think he has the warmth mm. required for that role of Richard. And then Chandler's there, being having to be jealous about Harrison Ford dating Monica. <laughs> Anyway, a different year. <laughs> we can only dream. Harrison Ford is on a new TV show coming out on- Shrinking, I Shrinking, believe it's called. Yeah. yeah. It doesn't- Yeah, it looks okay. Apparently, it's getting good reviews. I'm a little sad of that. I'm tired of that genre where it's like sad but 
funny sort of thing. I think the setup in that mo- in that show is Jason Siegel has lost his wife and he's a therapist who's tired of being a therapist. So it's that sort of sad but funny thing. And he starts telling it like it is. Yeah. You then- can you could lose your job, man. I saw the preview. Yeah. <laughs> Something like that. Harrison Ford's like, You're gonna take me down with you? Only you didn't say it with what's your that Harrison, kind of emotion. What's your Harrison Ford like? <clears throat> I mean, it's as man good as anything thousand, else. Man of a thousand voices. Well, I, I'm a man of a thousand noises. I don't oh, normally sorry. do voices, but I can give it a try. <laughs> <You're> try. <clears throat> give me a line. Um, what about you could lose your job, man? You could lose your job, man. Honestly, that's possible. Absolutely. How about this? This is from the future. One of my favorite Harrison Ford movies. What about I didn't kill my wife? Does he sort of exclaim it or is it under he, his, his he's, low? Yeah, he, yeah he, he exclaims it to Tommy Lee Jones. This is before he jumps off the oh, dam. I didn't kill my wife. That's pretty <laughs> That's good. really good. Yeah. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care. Yeah, so good. That is- that's great. Yeah. Wow. Man of a Thousand Voices. Bloody hell. There you go. Number 999 is just Harrison Ford. <laughs> so, Tom Selleck got cast as Magnum P.I., so he couldn't do both. Exactly. And that was huge. Let's not write off Tom Selleck completely. That yeah, was it's huge. Not, it's not like he's an unknown, like, Peter Coyote. You know? Sorry, Pete. What, yeah. Sorry, what was his film he did? Magnum P.I., the TV oh, yeah. series. And then he went on to Three Men and a Baby, don't forget. <laughs> exactly. What is that? Did Harrison Ford get a Three Men and a Baby? No. I don't think he did. And was, was he one of the other men? He was, the one the, he, he was one of the three men. <laughs> and the baby. He played both roles. God, he's good. He got to work with Ted Danson. Ted Danson and Kevin Klein, I think, was it? Mm, no, it wasn't Kevin Klein. It was the other guy. Oh. Uh, People are yelling at their iPads. Is it uh, the Who's the Boss guy or Tony, Tony Danza. Danza? No, it wasn't it's not Tony, Tony Danza. Tony Danza? Fuck. Can we change the, re- the reoccurring joke to yelling at your iPads? Just yeah, yeah, yeah. So we've got some uh, real geriatric Three listeners. Three men and a baby. <laughs> oh, um, yeah, it's the guy from uh, from Police Academy. Right. Oh, Michael Winslow. No. Steve Gutenberg. Steve Gutenberg. The Goot. Yeah. Right. Uh, but Marcel, please do Who go on about Harrison Steve Ford. Gutenberg, a star <laughs> we do. Great in his reference. So then Harrison Ford was cast. They were like, all right, we can't we can't get Tom Selleck. Let's get Harrison Ford. So they, they probably spent a lot of time not getting Harrison Ford to just go back around and get Harrison Ford. And that and that is referred to as as Hollywood's great folk tales. That's it's a not, good that's wow. not very good. It's a great folk tale Isn't it? of Hollywood. Isn't it just? <laughs> Yeah, they when you're in a bubble like Hollywood is, they start to believe their own hype. Yeah, like you think what though a story. that uh, a storytelling industry like that would know the difference between <laughs> quite a dull anecdote <laughs> and a great tale. They wanted to get another guy, they couldn't. They got the guy. <laughs> wow. Whoa! Wow! Should we make story. this a film? Yeah, its own movie. <laughs> I want to bring up a thing called the Indiana Jones test as we sort of go through the movies. In excruciating detail. No, we'll go through the movies in 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 uh, enough detail that Matt can still enjoy watching. I will them be later. blocking and my Jess, ears. I did watch parts. Mission Impossible after um after you did. You messaged me and said you watched number three. Did have you watched any of the other, <laughs> no. other ones? Because they get rompier as they go. Oh, I think we must have watched another one. Ghost Protocol. Yeah, I think I watched the, that. The climbing the building one. Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 that's a certified romp. Yeah, yeah. Blue means goo. Green blue means, means glue. You, you fall. Blue no. means glue. Uh, <laughs> red means sticking, dead. He's sticking to the wall. That's right. Yeah. So if he said blue means goo, that would have been strange <laughs> instructions. Stick, well, what's goo? <laughs> sticky. What's sticky? Glue. <laughs> it's a long way around, but you get yeah, there. Yeah. 
Jeremy Renner thoughts were think- thinking of you. He was in that snowplow incident. Anyway, I'm distracted now thinking about Jeremy Renner. <laughs> so this is called the Indiana Jones test. Uh, people have noticed that uh, Indiana Jones is sort of superfluous in his own movies because the day sort of gets saved without his intervention in most ah. of the movies. Ah. That the villains sort of um, implode, defeat themselves. Right. Uh, so I know they melt in one of them. They they do melt in one in the in the first one. There's a lot of melting. Oh, I've yeah, there's that more one than myself. one melting yeah. moment. Yeah, but it's about the journey. Melting moment. Yeah. Oh, beautiful. Like the bicky. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they didn't listen to the rhyme. Blue means goo, guys. <laughs> Those Nazis should have listened. So Raiders of the Lost Ark doesn't feature Indiana Jones's name in the title like the other ones do. So we don't get that fun thing that the serials do of the of Tailspin Tommy and the Sky Bandits or my other two favourites, Tailspin Tommy the Weasel and his Skyway Man <laughs> or Tailspin Tommy in the famous payroll mystery. Ooh. Payroll mystery. Yeah, it's yeah. Like, oh, that's it's an accounting one. Yeah. Yeah. It was hey, a- how was meant to get paid last week? <laughs> Sorry about that. It was a bottle episode. <laughs> it's a mystery. <laughs> you guys solve it. Solve it. Tailspin, Tommy. Lawrence Kasdan, or as they call him, Larry Kasdan of uh, Empire Strikes Back fame, was brought on to write Raiders. Though he had only been a professional screenwriter for all of one month. That sounds about right. So, you two out there can write the next Indiana Jones movie. And okay. Not like today's generation where they just expect to get jobs straight away. Back then, they worked for their careers in Hollywood. For one Now, they just go on TikTok month. and go, give me a job. Back then, they would wait a month and then at their cousin's uncle will go, hey, do you want a gig? Writing for a blockbuster? Okay. I've paid my dues. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're always spitting truths on this thing. Yeah. The year is 1936. American archaeologist Indiana Jones recovers a golden idol from a booby-trapped Peruvian temple. So this is <laughs> this is <laughs> booby. <laughs> it's going to be a long episode if you laugh at every booby along the way. How many boobies are you going to have? <laughs> he said it too. Yeah, if they'd just mentioned the word booby a bit more, Matt, <laughs> Matt wouldn't have fallen asleep already. Yeah. He's asleep at this point. Oh, this is he's in some sort of dream. I didn't realise there were so many boobies. Dave, uh, did you have those weird pause things on the <laughs> on your VHS? Yeah, yeah, yeah but it was- A lot of noise. Of static. Yeah, like some, you- some very messy moments. <laughs> God. <laughs> messy. Not a great word. On the easy. screen. And off the screen. <laughs> How many pauses in the five doctors? Blue means two. Oh. <laughs> Blue. Uh, one for each doctor. Yeah, right. Yeah, fair enough. They'll know. They all have a moment. Who is? The, who would you say is the sexiest doctor? Oh, John Pertwee for sure. Mm. Great. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> if I, I'm like, I'd love to be involved in this, but I don't know who that is. Or no, my favorite actually is number two, number two, Patrick Troughton. Big fan. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So this like from the start of the movie you've already got iconic moments. So like in the first five minutes you got the big rolling ball that we all know, the sandbag replacing the idol, like trying to make sure he doesn't set off the trap and he replaces the idol with the the sandbag. These Uh, things are still being spoofed to this day. I think spoofed (laughs) is the word. That too. Yeah, I mean, there's that classic one in The Simpsons where um, Bart steals the the jar of change and Homer rolls down the stairs. That's right. Yep. Oh, I should also give a shout out to Alfred Molina who appears in this scene. They covered him with tarantulas. This is one of Alfred Molina's first movies. Absolutely right. It is him, isn't it? Yeah. Do- huh. Dr. Octopus himself. Yeah. He's very young. 
They covered him. And like, he's a bit of a... Oh, don't worry about it. I won't spoil that. <laughs> he's a bit of a... Oh, he betrays him. Yeah. It's, it's early on in the movie. <laughs> he's a scumbag. Okay? <laughs> he's a bit of a scumbag. Throw me the idol. Throw me the idol. Oh, my God. So they- I'm going to have to wait they, a few years before watching this. I think. He's they a real it. Benny from The Mummy, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah, he has a bit of a Benny vibe. They they put uh, real-life tarantulas on him, but they couldn't get the tarantulas to react, so they started blowing it with a fan. And oh, then my God. Apparently added a female tarantula to him because the male tarantulas were too, like, sort of calm by themselves. And uh, oh, and the and the women tarantulas are, are less calm, are they, Marcel? That's not. Maybe that's not they're my carrying opinion. a little more of the mental load. Okay, and they're a little Sorry. run down, and exhausted. Yeah, they sound like they brought the drama. Let me hear what the feminist of the podcast has to say. <laughs> well, um, I'm going to have to back uh, Marcel on this one because because <laughs> <laughs> that's the science. As a feminist, I mean, I'm assuming you've you're reading from. Some people, some men who know women. I assume, I can only assume. I can only so, assume. Yeah. Then I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to solve myself <laughs> there as a feminist. Apparently, a lot of the tarantulas took off after the crew, and a lot of the crew were running for their lives yeah. on this film. Set. If you can't outrun a tarantula, <laughs> it's got to be like two feet, and then you get away. They're walking for, for their lives. Well, apparently, like they had plexiglass set up around Alfred Molina, so the tarantulas, like when they were brushed off, wouldn't then escape. But they just climbed the plexiglass. so Because they're spiders. <laughs> oh, my God. Spiders. These spiders are somehow climbing the glass. <laughs> well, blue means blue. blue. <laughs> they remembered. So, Indiana Jones- I won't run, let it go. He runs away. Like, I've got- What's going to be interesting about these recaps is I'm going to make sure I'm not doing, like, the full recap of the movie. So, I'm going to be editing as I go along so so Matt and Jess can still enjoy these films. But I want I want you to give a sense of, of the sort of general flow of the movie. So we see Indy escapes the, the the Peruvian natives and his rival, Rene Belloc, who steals the idol from him. Uh, Rene Belloc becomes like a, the villain of the movie. And then we cut back to see Indiana Jones working at a university and we see Indiana Jones in teacher mode. Jess, as a woman, does mm-hmm. uh, what, what version of Indiana Jones do you prefer? Do you prefer Indiana Jones in, you know, his uh, leather jacket and hat, or do you prefer university teacher, Indy? University teacher. Probably doesn't stink as bad. I'm sorry, I was being asked a question as a woman. Okay, but I thought I'd feel this one. (laughs) (laughs) I'll take this one. Um, Look, both good, to Mm. be honest. The hat's good. Do you buy the whole thing of, like, there's the whole, all the students are watching Indy, the school teacher, or the university professor, I should say. Yeah. And they are, they are, besotted by him. They are, one, they're drooling over this man. Oh, one, that's right. One of the women oh. had on her eyelids has written love on one eyelid and you on the other eyelid. And I have written that on my eyelids today to illustrate yeah. that. <laughs> did, Not, I, did it work? Has that strategy <laughs> worked in the past? Yeah. You've got to be blinking a lot to make sure people- <laughs> I guess you've got to close you your okay? eyes for a bit <laughs> yeah. or blink one eye And how do you time. know if it's, if it's worked or not? Well, I guess- Well, so you open your eyes again and they go, huh, sorry, must have been- Imagining things that you close your eyes and they're like, oh, me too. Oh, oh, oh sorry. God. Well, I'll tell you. Does they love you or fuck you? What? <laughs> I'll tell you something a bit yuck is that like George Lucas wanted Indiana Jones to be a bit of a playboy. They wanted him to be like the James Bond type who, uh, Indiana Jones who fucks. Yeah. Pardon, pardon my French. Uh, I'm sure you'll <laughs> he believe. He fucks. Yeah. <laughs> So, creepily, in an earlier draft, I think this made it to the cut, but it was cut out. In the next scene, you see him waking up next to the Love You student. Oh, wow. Yeah. Isn't- Yeah. 
It just yeah, they cut it for time or. <laughs> It's a bit weird, especially it being a student. Yeah, exactly. She may be in a college student, but it's yeah, he's not not. exactly, exactly, exactly right. It's a different time. But there's George Lucas being like, "That's cool, guys." How cool is that? High fiving everyone in the office, I assume. Different time for sure. I think there's a lot of movies where that sort of stuff was like, "Yeah, how cool and hot is that guy?" Yeah, this burning. This guy's cool. How adventurous is this guy? Yeah, but it's, uh, it's interesting they caught that anyway. Why well, I just thought that's sort of strange, but like, what if we make him a ladies' man? And by ladies' man, I mean he has sex with his students. Like, that's not, that's yes. not, the, same, that's not the same thing. And it's also so it's rather unnecessary for the character, I'm guessing. Yeah, there's nothing Yeah, there's nothing to his character that needs him and to- he kind He's of not seems- seducing his way into these caves and stuff or- <laughs> Thrusting <laughs> into a cave. Unbuttoning a shirt. <laughs> yeah. Getting past the- Showing a bit of nip. Yeah. <laughs> From my memory, he seems a bit uncomfortable in, in with the, the love you. He's a bit like- And that's what I think is better for his character, yeah. that he is a bit like, hey, I'm interested in- Getting this into a museum, you know. That's right. That's yeah. my whole thing. I like old things. I like real old things. Not young ladies. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you're the opposite of what I want. I want old inanimate <laughs> things. I want to fuck a mummy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you heard me. Uh, Indy, Indy gets called up because uh, two army intelligence agents uh, recruit him to go to because uh, they 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 have they hear this whole thing that Hitler is after the Ark. Hitler's of the in this. Um, Bloody Hit- hell! The n- Nazis are in this, but not Hit- Hitler. Doesn't matter. Oh, he, he wasn't cast. Hitler wasn't available. Wow, bad, uh, a bad painter, bad actor. Apparently. But he did go on to do Magnum PR. Um, so <laughs> s- swings and roundabouts, and three men and a, and a Nazi baby. He was in that. <laughs> He's a bad faith actor. Three men and a Nazi. <laughs> a Nazi baby. <laughs> so this sort of sends Indiana Jones off on an adventure. To, All right, I've got to go get the Ark of the Covenant before the Nazis do. Because they th- the whole theory is that it's got untold power to whoever finds it, right? That's right. If an army gets this Ark of the Covenant, they will be unstoppable. And you don't want unstoppable Nazis, do you? No. <laughs> we want to stop the Nazis. So this is-, this is uh- in the 30s or 40s? This is this is correct. This The 1936, this is, right. yeah. So, I won't spoil how World War II goes for you because have you seen that yet? <laughs> I haven't. No, we did World War One as an episode a while back. Haven't got onto the sequel yet. Still waiting to see who wins? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I've just got to wait till I've got a full weekend to binge it. <laughs> <laughs> so, Indy goes to meet uh, a past... An old flame of his, and by old flame, I, I guess I sort of mean young flame with Indy's tastes. Uh, so he meets Marion Ravenwood, who is the daughter of Abner Ravenwood, who he used to work with. At a bar in Nepal, they reunite, and uh, they used to have a, an illicit relationship, which is once again creep alert. Indy was about 27 at the time, which means Marion was more like 16, 17. And once again, in apparently earlier uh, in the drafts, Lucas wanted her to be even younger than that. Lucas. So, Why, yeah, Lucas? I, Why? I don't. He thought it would be cool or something. There's, uh, there's, there's. You can see uh, entire transcripts of their um, brainstorming. Wow. Yeah. Oh God, I'd be like, don't write that down. <laughs> I don't, don't like put that out in the world. 
Yeah, it's very, but because the movie is so big, it's like, hey, anything from this movie, even the brainstorms are like, hey, we should we should publish that because people like Marion says to him, I was a child, I was in love. And Indy says, you knew what you were doing. Oh, yeah, pretty. Anyway, back to the adventure. <laughs> I'm just looking at photos of him as a lecturer. Yeah, he clearly he looks like a middle aged man. I was he looks older than I was expecting. I think he's like thirty seven. Harrison Ford. Was. I mean, he, yeah, very dashy, very time. handsome, and I I do love a tweed jacket. Mm. So I'm feeling inspired now. Maybe a, a fashion goal type situation here. Could, At the I, time of recording, we're about to do the Golden Shiny Garys this week. Mm. Let's do go. What on is the What tonight. is the dress code? Uh, it's dressed to impress. Mm. And uh, would you be impressed with a tweed jacket? Absolutely. I'd write love you on my eyelids for that. <laughs> <laughs> Might go down the off shop later. See what I can find. <laughs> I didn't I didn't bring my Indiana Jones costume. Damn it. I'm disappointed. Well, now. you can head back to Sydney and I've get got, it and bring it back. time. I heard you're going to Sydney. Do I am. I'll time? pick it up yeah, for great. you. <laughs> Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. So we learned that uh, Abner is dead and the bar is set ablaze. This great fight scene. Uh, the Gestapo are hot on their tail, so they've got to escape. Um, Marion's bar is burnt down. They travel to Cairo and they meet uh, Jones's friend, Salah, who's played by John Reese davies great, great role. Is is one of my favourite characters. You know, might know him as Gimli or the professor from the TV show Sliders, if anyone ever watched Oh, yeah, Sliders. I used to watch Sliders. That was a Friday night classic. That's right. Channel 10, 7.30, every Friday night. Yeah, you Where are they going to slide to next? Oh, I've just reminded, I would have mentioned this before, but I, thought, I just find it so funny. I want to do sound about it someday. You mm. can tell me how, myself. But one episode, they clearly didn't have a lot of budget left in this season. And they, so the whole thing was they'd slide into different realities, alternative realities. And one they slid into, everything seemed exactly the same, only the women had goaties. <laughs> <laughs> It was always those little so things. What's funny. different about this world? And Jerry O'Connell's like, as I remember, he's like, oh, this place is all right. I'd be happy to stay here. Hang on. <laughs> That's like them getting to the end of the season going, we've got no money left. <laughs> yeah. And one of we the, do have a bag. Yeah, yeah one of the goaties. costume guys is like, hey, where'd all these goaties come from? <laughs> that gives me an idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, one of my favorite shows. Um, Sala was almost played by Danny DeVito. Um, both of which, both actors who are not Egyptian playing an Egyptian character. Uh, Danny DeVito was in it. It was almost going to be. Oh, it. right. Yeah, sorry if you got excited that Danny DeVito was I was, was going to say, I feel like I would have known that. It's already an all-star cast with Harrison Ford. D- that's it. <laughs> Is Sean Connery <laughs> in it? Uh, he's in the third movie. Oh, mm. interesting. Mm. Uh, this is like one of the biggest bits of film trivia that gets passed around all the time, which is that in this fight scene in Cairo that um, Ford developed dysentery in the blistering 130-degree heat, which is 40 degrees Celsius. So, 54 degrees Celsius. That's oh, pretty hot. No. It's pretty hot. That's no. Uh, they were really filming hot. in uh, Tunisia. Uh, so, Ford was too weak to swing his whip for this. This fight scene that was apparently three and a half pages that they had to do this fight scene between uh, him and this sword-wielding guy. Three like pages a, of like just a- whip, and, and then he whips, and then he swings his sword, then he whips again, and then he whip, whip. Whip, whip, wood chip, turn it, it into, into paper. paper. <laughs> yeah. And then they- f- It depends who you ask, but it seems like it was Ford's idea to go, hey, what if I just- Shot the guy instead of a big fight scene. He just and like, oh, I know him. that. I know that. Because the guy with the sword is like huge. He's like six foot eight or something. He's wielding this big sword and he just goes, eh, pulls out a gun and just shoots him. 
That's One of the great. funniest scenes of someone being shot <laughs> to death. <laughs> What's your top three? Oof. That's a good Gosh. question. I'll have to come back to you. Mm. That's maybe number one. Yeah. Yeah. It's very funny. Also, you know, there's no- We don't know if that guy had a family. Yeah. You know, we don't know like, if that- he really meant to fight Harrison Ford to the death. Maybe he was just showing off his sword. He's like, I just bought a new sword. Check it out. Like that Austin Powers scene. Oh, one of my favorites. Yeah, you have the, the, hen- the henchman's wife getting the call <laughs> up and learning that, <laughs> that she, he was crushed by a um, steamroller. And weirdly, that scene cut out of like the first release of that movie. Like I think was for it? time or something. And yeah. it's like one of the, my favorite yeah, it's scenes. Yeah, so funny. It's bizarre. So, Indiana Jones thinks uh, Marion is kidnapped, but um, she's actually alive. They go about trying to find this well of souls where the Ark of Covenant is buried. We learn about Indy's fear of snakes. This uh, well of souls is full of snakes. They, I think oh. they, they got 6,000 cobras, pythons, boa constrictors, and grass and garter snakes assembled for this two-week stint. Because apparently you can't, you can't fake you can't fake snakes. You can't- they just it wouldn't work. Really? Apparently, they had to get- uh, They realized that their anti-venom that they had on hand was two years outdated. Uh, and they had to <laughs> buy oh, no. special that serum. Snakes had updated their, <laughs> their venom. <laughs> They're always updating the venom. Uh, Apparently, they had like just an ambulance on standby. But sounds then- like the snakes at Apple and Google, am I right? Always updating their bloody- Terms of service. We'd like to thank our sponsors today. Yeah, no, good on them. Yeah, Snakes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Apparently, like, Indiana Jones is in this scene and he is decked out in, like, you know, his costume. So, he's well protected from these real snakes that are around them. But meanwhile, Karen Allen, who plays Marion, she's just in, like, a like sort a, of cocktail like dress, gown, 90, yeah, 90 type yeah. thing. So, she's well and truly exposed. Uh, and she did not seem to get much respect at all from Spielberg. He says, screaming was a problem because Miss Allen was sometimes at a loss for words. Karen was so terrified of the snake, she couldn't scream. And of course, she had to. <laughs> but, all that ca- all, but all that came out was air. At one point, <laughs> I dropped a snake from, from a scaffolding. It landed on her like a pearl necklace and she screamed on cue for a week. Whenever she didn't see me, she'd look up. Which is just sort of terrifying. Yeah. Jesus, right? Stephen. I yeah. tortured a woman, yeah. but I got great results. <laughs> what can I say? He gets results. <laughs> and apparently this whole time, because Spielberg went way over budget with 1941 and it wasn't really a big hit, he was cutting corners with this and trying to, like, rather than making an A movie, he called it a B-plus movie. And apparently a lot of the shortcuts that he made ended up making it a better movie, like when Indiana Jones just shot the guy. They escape the Will of Souls, and, like, this is my favourite action sequence in the movie. They have this fight scene around this this aeroplane that's slowly turning around on this runway, and he fights this guy called Pat Roach, is the actor's name. He's a actor and professional wrestler, and he's the only other actor that turns up in all the Indiana Jones movies. There's ah, different characters I didn't know that, that. that get killed by... Harrison Ford. And he's not like the most subtle of guys. He's huge, right? He's a, he's a huge massive guy. man. Yeah, he he unfortunately browns up a little bit in the next movie, Temple Temple of Doom, right. and plays a Indian character. Oh, and so he, he doesn't play the same character each time. No, because he's dead. 
Okay. He gets well, killed every time. That's a spoiler, but <laughs> yeah, yep. he gets punched into a spinning uh, like jet engine. But what, one of my favorite tropes in movies is the little guy fighting the big guy, like and trying to like having to figure out. Like there's there's a good one in Zorro as well. Top of my head, I think maybe Princess Bride maybe has a good one. Nearly every James Bond. Yeah, big big fan of how's this little guy going to be able to overcome this giant guy and the gets way smart, that he does, does it, it all the time. Mm. He'll uh, Max will punch him. And he'll go, all right, and he'll punch him a few times and go, I won't budge. And then Max will start dusting off his shoulders, the big guy's shoulders, and go, hey, sorry about that crack back there. <laughs> <laughs> Hope you didn't take any offence by the- Why are you the man of a thousand voices if you're not going to do your Max vo- voice? Missed it by that much. That's good. That's good stuff. That's good stuff. Oh, really putting together your uh, your little character reel here. Yeah. Your VO stuff. Love it. I'm imagining they all sound exactly the same, but- <laughs> The Harrison was flawless. But- Flawless. There's also a great documentary film of, like, this fan-made film that they, they recreated scene for scene, everything in Raiders when they were kids. And then the documentary is them coming back after decades to- film their version of the airplane sequence because they could never afford to do it. <laughs> and it's a great documentary seeing like these grown men pretend to be Indiana Jones characters and, and then intersplice with them as kids doing the other scenes. It's a it's very touching. That's I re- cute. recommend it. They then escape. Uh Jones gets the arc, but then uh loses it again when they get their boat hijacked. I'm cutting. I'm cutting a lot of things. So don't you, you. So you still have excitement when you see. Yeah, so I'm pretty yeah. sure you're giving us the abbreviated version. And also, you know, um, Warnicky kept pointing at his watch, going, yeah, "We got to get out of say- here." You're going to annoy people. <laughs> Stop saying that. <laughs> uh, I'm not wearing a watch. <laughs> you might be surprised. I'm not watching wearing a watch mm. at all or pants, but that's nothing. That's to do unrelated. With so they they find themselves on this island after Indiana Jones uh, gives you know he catches a ride on a U boat. There is a submarine in this movie. Sorry, sorry. Oh Jess. yeah, they're just dumb. Mm. They, I don't I don't hate them. I just think they're silly. People think this is a a plot hole that Indiana Jones is able to hold his breath and attach himself to this submarine as it travels across the water. But apparently he <laughs> apparently he just. Held on to the periscope, but it just got cut out and it doesn't actually go all the way under the water. Right, okay, so, yeah. But I think still quite a feat that a grown man just held on to a periscope and yeah. travelled through the ocean. So, they, they get to the island and the Nazis go, well, before we give this to Hitler, we should we should test it for ourselves. We should have a little peek inside this Ark of the Covenant because how embarrassing would it be to give it to Hitler and Hitler's like, there's nothing. There's nothing this, here. This isn't a big deal. So he'd be chill about it, I reckon. Yeah, he's a chill guy. <laughs> he's famously a chill guy. Yeah. So Indy. Oh no worries. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. We all make mistakes. <laughs> Indy and Marion are tied up. They're next to the the big reveal of the covenant. The lid is opened, and this is the famous face melting thing. Because Indy says, "Do not look at it, because you are you are seeing you're seeing God's face. You're seeing you're seeing God, and it's too much for humans to." But how does he know handle. that in advance? He just seems to instinctively know. I think it was look. a scene that was cut. Was yeah, <laughs> but, <laughs> but he but just studies crazy. it as well, right? Well, he just has, yeah, he's yeah, he's a smart guy. So when he says, "Hey, don't look." You know, close your eyes, Mary, and you sort of go, oh, yeah, you just take it. When you go, yeah, yeah, for go, sure. Oh, yeah, okay. you do. And because inside, especially the, the Ten Commandments, the tablets, is that what's inside? Yeah. 
So for some reason, g- it, it's it's face meltingly powerful. He calls so it a radio transmitter to God. It's a so it's quite a Christian film. Um, so it's yeah. so, like it's in- a moral tale, right? Yeah, that's interesting. What what moral have you taken from it? No, I just well, I mean the fact that God is so powerful it'll melt your face. That's a that's a different telling from the New Testament, I think. But, um, but the, the tablets are Old Testament. As someone they? who wrote the Old Testament, what what? what no, I, I wrote one of the Gospels in the New Testament. Oh, Matthew. Matthew. Mm. Well, you know my work. <laughs> 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 a little light blasphemy uh, for your afternoon commute. <laughs> Imagining, because I know a lot of stuff. Mm. Everyone listening right now is, especially Jonathan, who's driving to work. That's going to freak someone out. That's what I just thought. <laughs> be Jonathan, you've been driving for over an hour. It's too long. Mm. Maybe he's r- driving home from work. Oh, it's like, oh, I get to listen to the rest of that episode. Yeah. I wonder what happens to, to Marion. Um, well, Marion doesn't get her face melted because she doesn't look. Yeah, they both don't. They both don't look just like not Lisa, a looker, Marion. Just how li- like Lisa defeated all those bu- billboards that came to life. Just don't look exactly right. Another good Simpsons. Great up, great up. This is the thing. All the Nazis die because they opened the box. Right. And all Indy had to do was just close his eyes and the, the sort of fire that came out of the box burnt their ropes off and that was and they're just like, oh, we're, we're we fine go. now. The lid went back on to the box and then Day is saved. Indy didn't really right. like they would have done that all anyway without Indy's intervention. Right, the the bo- the covenant it's got its own self defense mechanism. I guess so. Was he going there to protect it? Yeah. Or to take to it to a museum. Get it, get it for the Americans. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And also, yeah, he's always interested in things going to a museum. But I don't think he- I think only in the third movie does he say that right. classic line, that belongs in a museum. Mm. I didn't kill my wife. Oh, that's good. <laughs> she that belongs like in a museum. museum. <laughs> <laughs> it's a weird film. Give me back my son. That's a different guy, but still. Great line. That's What's that uh, from? Mel Gibson from oh, Ransom. Yeah. Oh. Give me back my son. <laughs> <laughs> was that in a blockbuster ad? I think it was, yeah. 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 <laughs> I think it's also uh, an improv game. I, I think someone on, a tonight- my some- <laughs> someone on a Tonight Show, I think, pitched, like, said it to, like, Stephen Colbert or Letterman once that, like, part of their improv game was, like, just going back and forth. You just keep saying that Give line me back my like, son. with, with wow. as much intensity as you can. Wow. Dave, what do you got? Give me back my son. Oh. Mm. Jess? I'm not doing it. I can't get into the character. It, does, it, does it remind you too much yeah, of the son I, you lost? Yeah. I just don't know where he is. <laughs> I've misplaced him. I feel awful for bringing it up. Yeah. You'd be better oh. at the uh, the taken because your son has been taken. So you could do yeah. that classic line, yeah. I'll find you. Do that one. Um, I'm nervous. <laughs> What's the line? That's not quite it. We'll go is again. <laughs> uh, Hello, I, I it's me, Liam you. Neeson. Great. Um, just wondering if I could have my daughter back, please. I thought it was your son. I have a very specific <laughs> set of skills. I'm a carpenter. <laughs> I could build you something nice in exchange for my child. That's I've great. got a specific set of skills. Can mix up a delicious martini. I'm a I'm a mixologist. <laughs> What's your drink of choice? I'll work at your next dinner party. Is that am I close? Yeah, or? I think that's pretty much it. No worries if not. I think he says. Yeah, that's yeah. how he is. No yeah. worries if not. Yep. Anyway, call me back. It's a voicemail this whole time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's one of those voicemails where like the guy says like hello and yeah. then pauses like actually it's a voicemail. Just kidding. Just kidding. These human traffickers, mm. they are goofballs. They, they are. have a sense They're a bit of, of humor. Fun. You gotta lighten up. So this movie was a big old hit. There's a is a big old hit. Woo! Um, right off the bat, right off the bat, 
pre-release polling showed little audience interest in the film, especially compared to Superman 2, despite this Raiders of the Lost Ark became the highest grossing film of 1981. What do you think the secret to the success was? Harrison Ford must have helped, I imagine. Harrison Ford, this is also the time that, like, blockbusters were becoming a thing, like Jaws and Star Wars, Jaws and Star Wars- Joys and Star Wars were were the first sort of examples of like big blockbusters. So now everyone's going, "Hey, you gotta see the summer tentpole movies." So I think I think that was a big sort of the movies had a, a renaissance. So three three hundred thirty million uh, worldwide and played in some theaters for over a year. Wow! I don't even know how many months that is. Just on repeat. Yeah. Just on repeat, back to back. Some of them here, just 1 a.m. Just one cinema screenings. was just, wow. yeah, just this yeah. the whole just time. Just like your Baywatch channel, Dave. That's right. We discovered, well, I discovered and I told them uh. last week, Marcel, that I've got a Samsung TV, which for some reason has free TV channels that come with it. One of them is Bondi Vet 24-7. Mm. One of them is Mythbusters 24-7. And my favourite is Baywatch all the time. That's so bizarre. Back to back. And it just came with a TV. That feels like something custom that you've installed. Yeah. Jerry Springer, 24-7. Oh, man. That's bad. Just what you need. Good luck. <laughs> what does he say? Good luck for yourselves and each other. Oh, yeah. Look, up, look after look yourself. yourselves. Yeah. <laughs> Good, luck each other. And, Good luck to yourselves. Good luck to you. And here's my final thought. Yeah. <laughs> it's always nice when you give a little final thought. The movie, the, yeah, each episode needed a little bit of a little mm. final thought yeah. of the year. Yeah. Can I touch Steve's head? That was the number one request from the audience. <laughs> so, like, these- <laughs> he was a bold security guard and they wanted to touch his head for some reason. Do we have any questions from the luck? audience? Can I touch Steve's head? And did he let him? Yep, nearly every time. Oh, you and then brutal Steve- for the people who he rejected. And then Steve went on to have his own talk show, which I think ran for as long, if not longer than Jerry Really? Wow. Yeah. And it was called Can I Touch Steve's Head? <laughs> I wish. <laughs> so, uh, this was a sort of era as well when, like, these days the biggest movies aren't necessarily expected to compete for best picture. Maybe a Marvel movie gets a few technical nominations, but that's about it. Raiders of the Lost Ark was a different story. It was indeed nominated for Best Picture and Best Director out of a nine total nominations. While it didn't win either of those, Chariots of Fire won Best Picture with another iconic song, but it did take home- (laughs) 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 I love Chariots of Fire. I haven't seen it. I don't know. Oh, I think I have seen the movie. Mm -hmm. I was just more talking about the song. Just the song, yeah. Yeah. Which goes again- While these runners are on the track. It's the chariot of fire. In slow motion. Oh, so good. Really good to go. It makes you want to run, you know? Yeah. It does. So it won best art direction, best film editing, best sound, best sound editing, and best visual effects. Wow. Yeah. Pretty impressive. Although how I can't I can't get that excited about best sound editing. Ooh, who's gonna win? Oh, best yeah. sound editing this year. I'm sure it, it takes a lot what of a, effort and a lot of skill. Marcel, a big chunk of our listenership are sound editors. Yeah, that's yeah. true. That's a real kick in the teeth. I'm Including just, our sound guys, editor. I love, I love your work, but please don't change my voice, Mr. Sound Editor guy. Oh, no. Don't make it sound silly. Don't, don't tempt <laughs> him. Oh, Do not tempt him. So there is truth to this whole idea of Nazis going after- the occult and having an interest in these things. This isn't just made up funny business for the moving pictures. Oh. This is actually real. 
So I did some research. So this is from an article called, It Turns Out Raiders of the Lost Ark Wasn't So Far Off About the Nazis. (laughs) And then he goes on to quote a book straight away. Uh, In Hitler's Monsters, the Supernatural History of the Third Reich, Eric Kurlander, professor of history at Stetson University, carefully tracks the fringe movements and lunatic beliefs that swept through Germany in the late 19th and early 20th centuries. Some Nazi leaders firmly believed the Aryan race descended from the aliens who established Atlantis that Satan was really a good guy and that werewolves actually protected clean living Teutons against the ravages and sexual depredations of Slavic vampires. We covered some of that in our Atlantis episode. Oh, really? Yeah, wild stuff. I wondered if there'd be some some crossover. Mm. In German theosophical circles, it was commonly believed that India and Tibet preserved the hidden enclaves of ancient Atlanteans or even living secret masters. One lunatic named Guido von List proved that Balder, Jesus, Buddha, Osiris, and Moses were all pure-blooded Aryans. Okay. Mm. Guys, I've got some interesting literature to hand to you. (laughs) (laughs) After the episode, I've really turned. (laughs) I've really- There's some really interesting things. Do go see Marcel's show (laughs) at the Comedy Festival. I've changed it from less of an improv show, more of a lecture of sorts. (laughs) But very compelling stuff. As late as 1942, Hitler could declare himself a supporter of world ice theory. Anyone else- before I tell you what it is, want to say that you are also a supporter of World Ice World theory? Ice Theory. Um, yeah. Hitler was onto it. Hitler was a supporter of it. Do you reckon that you'd be into World Ice Theory? Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, because I know this could be a trick, and it could be something like uh, support uh, uh, not killing kids or something. So I'm gonna say, I want to withhold my answer for a second. Mm, pretty smart, Dave. I'm keen to hear more. Yeah, okay. Jess. I'm going to make a call. I'm on board. <laughs> <laughs> so, this is called- You know it when you write a report? You guys would know this. That Some of the words that come up, you go, I've never said that out loud before. Yeah. And now I'm realize- realizing that glacial cosmogony might not be the word to say it, or I might have nailed it completely. I reckon you nailed it. World Ice Theory, glacial cosmogony, as it was known, maintained that icy moons had crashed into the earth, causing floods and geophysics- geophysical damage but also bringing living kernels from outer space that would evolve into Aryan super beings according to SS chief Heinrich Himmler perhaps the most ardent Nazi occultist these Aryans possessed paranormal powers and extraordinary weapons one dimly recalled as Thor's Thunderhammer Molinir Himmler so wild people who had these thoughts rose to power isn't it just wild? Yeah, and, and these kernels that arrived, corn kernels, <laughs> that ended up being the super Aryans—they popped, so to speak. And once you pop, yeah, you can't stop. Uh huh. Genocide. Himmler would send an expedition to Tibet to search for traces of this primordial civilization. So, like, is that's yeah? So they actually did. Wow. Send out people to find artifacts and evidence of these things and have these right. yeah bizarre beliefs. So that probably makes sense. That's why Hitler ended up. Moving to a, a base below Antarctica in the end. Mm, is that Aliens versus Predator? What no, that's uh, History of oh, Mankind. Sorry. So there is a pyramid in Alien versus Predator, which I watched last week. Oh, really? What do you think? Uh, terrible movie, but I loved it. Mm. Terrible movie, but you loved it. Mm. Absolutely. Dave, as resident person who's actually seen the Indiana Jones movies, what goes through your mind when I say Temple of Doom? I like it the third most. Mm. I don't think it's anywhere near- Out of the four movies. Out of the four movies that have been so far Mm. made, I think 
Raiders of the Lost Ark, number three. Absolute cinema classics. That's the best one. They're, they're great. Number two, it's not, it's not, it's, it's still great. It's mm. good, but I don't like it as much. It's, it spooked the heck out of me as a child. I think that right. might be part of it too, yeah. because they, like you said, they didn't play it as much on movie, on TV when we were growing up, I think, because it is a bit more spooky. And when I did see it, it freaked me out. Yeah, it freaked ah. me out too. It freaked me out as well. Like, so they decided that they'd go in a different direction for the sequel. Um, Lucas once again always being the contrarian was like, "What if we make it scary?" Ah. Spielberg didn't really want to do a sort of poltergeist thing, but I think both of them were going through breakups, and uh, they're both yeah, both going through breakups. So they sort of blame that on them being a little bit darker and moodier at the time, and. Maybe not much fun to was be the, around. If you don't like it, it, well, then blame Carol. <laughs> <laughs> and the villain's name was Carol. And yeah. she was like a monster. This monster who's like, clean up your socks. Shut up, Carol. Well, the woman in this, her name is Willie, uh, Willie Scott's the character's name. She's played by Kate Capshaw. Uh, she is just whiny the whole time. She's whiny and she complains and Mm. Indy is always like, come on, let's go. And she's just like, oh, I'm wet. I'm upset. She's like, she's in a puddle at the time. Right. Yeah. Okay. And that's Harrison Ford's doing, I assume. <laughs> As an elephant. An elephant that Harrison Ford did. He said there should be, that this is his contribution. Like, this is sort of stuff when you research a movie so deeply, you go, oh, I've learned that Harrison Ford was the one that wanted to have elephants in the movie. <laughs> like, that's his contribution. There should be elephants on the next one. <laughs> and they went, all right. Okay, okay Mr. Okay, Ford. Great. We'll that's put- part of his rider. So this one, this is to set you up when you're ready to watch it, Matt, is this one's a prequel, just so it doesn't hurt your oh, brain too much. Okay. So they went, hey, we can't have Nazis again. Um, that would be too many Nazis. Let's go back in time when they're before there were Nazis a few years beforehand. How did they de-age them? They didn't. Okay. Yeah, they they. <laughs> They just assume no one, and they also don't make a fuss about being like, "Hey, they don't, they don't, they just." They, I think they have the year on screen at some point. It's nineteen thirty-five in this one, but they don't fuss. They don't, there's no fuss, mate. They they could have called this a sequel, and it would have been the same movie because no, no one would have really known. You said that guy that was in all the movies, the Beatle or whatever. He, the Roach. <laughs> oh yeah, Pat Roach. Pat Roach. Yeah. He um. He said he couldn't be in the second one because he died, but he could have just been the same character. No, I, he is. I'm. Yeah, this is okay. Now you're gotcha. right. Yeah, okay. Gotcha yeah, moment. Gotcha right. moment. <laughs> is this a gotcha podcast? It is. Oh yeah. man, we invite well, you on to look silly. This whole then. thing has been a gotcha podcast. Yep. Like, are you guys even recording? Nah. Oh, gotcha. Come on, Ashton. Come on in. <laughs> we we gotched him. We gotched him. <laughs> He's been gotched. It's a new show, but Ashton Kutcher is still yeah. Hosting He's it? still hosting it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Rebrand right. for Australia. Punk didn't make sense here. Okay, but gotcha. Gotcha does. did. Yeah. Yeah, people would say, you've been punk. They go, what? What? What yeah. does that mean? Gotcha. It means we gotcha. We gotcha. Oh, <laughs> very funny. <laughs> so, this one opens with a big musical number, which is delightful. Uh, okay. Kate, Kate Caps. Does sound dark. <laughs> I can tell why you were scared, Dave. Can you tell? Because I was like, oh, no, it's a musical. <laughs> I panicked. I love a good musical. You wet your pants. You were sitting in a puddle. They, um- I'm wet. <laughs> <laughs> they, um, Kate Capshaw sings "Anything Goes" in Chinese. Um, fun fact that in, uh, is that I was in I was in "Anything Goes" the musical. Um, there you go. Is that a fun in fact? Chinese. Hold on, sorry, sorry. You on are the screen? resident person who determines what's a fun fact or not. It's the, it's uh, the fact that I was in a community musical called "Anything Goes" fun. 
Yeah, it's pretty fun. Okay, great. I was a background guy and my role was so that I could have not turned up to the musical and the show would have gone on exactly the same. Perfect. That's how that's how small my role was. Sort of a Harrison Ford type thing. Indiana Jones effect. Exactly. <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> the day still would have been saved. So in this in this movie, in the starting sequence, Lucas gets his wish of seeing him be a bit um, bit more of a playboy and um, Indiana Jones turns up in this Humphrey Bogart white uh, sort of tuxedo shirt looking very dashing, uh, which is also, you know, we could be ranking his looks as, you know, what the sexiest looks. And I say it would be up there. Okay. What he wanted from this was like the opening scene sort of feels like the ending of another Indiana Jones movie. So this one opens with him delivering this diamond to this um, Chinese mob boss and then the mob boss tries to poison him and then he's running around trying to get the antidote as this whole fight scene's taking place and balloons are coming down from the ceiling and he's hiding from bullets behind a uh, bullet shots behind a gong you know bullet shots mm-hmm. that's that's a word yeah. that people use we also get the introduction of his little sidekick short round who's mm. played by uh kihi kwan who people might know from everything everywhere all at once who's having a resurgence of fame yeah, he was so good it. in that i just watched that a couple of weeks ago and i like the what because how he has to play different characters basically yeah. i'm like holy shit this guy i didn't know who he was i'm like this guy's awesome yeah. He plays the, uh, you know, the meek guy and then the badass guy and it just, like, clicks yeah. and you're like, wow, this guy's He's awesome. great. Yeah. And he just, he also just seems so nice. Yeah. And this whole resurgence that's happening for him, he's so excited about it. It's so lovely. Thanking Steven Spielberg in his speech. Yeah. He's thrilled to be back. He saw Harrison Ford at the uh, like yeah. Disney Plus day, and they had a cuddle and stuff. That's very cute. Uh, so, uh, what I love, I like this is actually a better audition story than Harrison Ford, who just got the role, is that- he actually went in to help his brother audition and it was like helping direct his brother how to audition and Spielberg was like, hey, he's like, what, the, what about that guy? Um, Brutal whoa, brother <laughs> is like, whoa, 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 whoa. No, no, no. I don't know like if his brother was younger or old, older and didn't, didn't suit the role, but also Key didn't speak much English, um, so it wasn't really great on script, but was able to... Harrison Ford was apparently around in the office. They were like, hey, can we get Harrison in here? They'll improvise a scene. They'll do some Chicago-style improv. <laughs> uh, and and then the the Spielberg said, hey, you pretend to play cards and then you'll you'll accuse Indiana Jones of cheating. And then that scene ended up in the movie. Wow. Which is cool. And now he's freaking, he's back. He's back and he's grateful to be here. Kihi Kwan. Uh, so Willie Scott, as I said, is the is usually seen as the least popular of the three indie women. Although she did go on, uh, the actor I should say, uh, Kate Capshaw, ended up marrying Steven Spielberg ah. years later. Is, is so this is sort of like Bond like? There's a different leading lady in each one. Marion does come back, but in the first three movies, get a different different women. Sorry to spoil it for you. Marion's the one. Wow. We love Marion. And they were playing different characters. It's not like the actors weren't available or something. Yeah, always different. I always hate when they have to re- they recast oh like they God. did in The Mummy the 3. Mummy three. That sucks. No. I hated it. No, Especially no, no. when it's, you know, someone like Rachel Weiss and you're like, she's yeah. she's perfect. Yeah. She is that role. Don't change it. Just kill her off. Just kill um, have it. Oh, Rachel um, Weiss or the you character? Just, you open the movie with him being sad. It's like, oh, I can't believe she got eaten by that mummy. But yeah. But anyway- off I go. Off I go to fight Jet Li. Yeah. I write I could I could write movies. 
absolutely couldn't. I'd yeah. watch them. Thank you so much. That's one sale. I could bring that into a pitch meeting. I've already sold a ticket. I've sold one. <laughs> no, I don't have the money up front. <laughs> I trust her. <laughs> In this movie, like after they escape this club fight scene, they go off on an aeroplane and have to jump out of it using a life raft as a parachute. You know how like you're like an inflatable life raft that you just sort of sail down, you'd use that to break your fall. Um, believe it or not, Mythbusters did test this out and you can't do that. You can't, yeah, wow. Just in case you- I look forward, to, that. <laughs> look forward to watching that on my Samsung. <laughs> on loop. Maybe it's playing right now and you're missing it. No. <laughs> That's the thing because it just says in the guide, it doesn't say what the episode is, it just says Baywatch, Baywatch, Baywatch. Baywatch. That's all there is. It's it's great fun. So you guys would back me there, but so I, not I, very uh, good. That's a that's basically what you call in improv, and I don't know if you know this, Marcel, but that's blocking. Yeah, um, there's there's different versions of blocking. Sometimes you can. I'm playing the role of man who wants to go on. Yes. Yeah. So I'm playing <laughs> playing that role of person watching In Jess check her phone as as you were as you were chanting. And <laughs> remember, I'll- remember, there's half an hour for the Patreon section. Yeah. So. And I'll play the role of block. Hmm. So I'm blocking you. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. Whether it's your first ever website or your business is expanding, Squarespace makes it easy to create a beautiful website and engage with your audience. Upload video content, organize your video library and showcase your content on beautiful video pages. You can even sell access to your video library by adding a paywall to your content. Cha-ching. <laughs> you can help with written content on your website with Squarespace AI, which I used to write this next sentence, so check this out. Generate instant, personalised results that know and show your brand identity. Explain what your site is about, choose your tone, and enter what you need to get short or long-form text. Squarespace AI, Squarespace AI makes it easier to go live, stand out, and succeed online. Oh, Dave, if only it could also not just write it, but read it too. <laughs> And edit it. (laughs) Hey, sell exclusive content on your site by adding a paywall to sell memberships or courses. Or sell files your customers can download like PDFs, music or ebooks. Man, it's starting to sound like I'm obsessed with money. (laughs) (laughs) And you are. So head to squarespace.com slash do go on for a free trial and to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. So I quite like this plot because they land in like the situation. So like they crash land, they go down a river, and they find themselves um, in northern India in this village. And in the village, they've lost their sacred stone that protects their village, and also all their children have been kidnapped. So I like the sort of hero is swept up rather than in the other movies, he's sort of given a mission James Bond style and, like, sent on his way. In this one, mm. he's land, he lands smack 
bang in the hmm. in the in the adventure, much in the way that Quinn Mallory was whenever he'd go through a portal in sliders. Yeah. Ah, uh, yeah, bro. Finally putting Just, into terms Matt understands. Yeah, exactly. So, so yeah, slider style. Yeah, yeah. So did did they list the issues in that order as well? The the missing rock. Oh, and also uh, the village's children. Are Actually, yes. Actually, yep. it does go rock and then children. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think it's to sort of break it to him gently, you know, like lead him into it. Also, because he's an archaeologist, so he's like, hey, you'd probably be into rocks and yeah, shit. Yeah, that's true. More than kids. Also, there's, I mean, he is into kids as well, but they're probably a little young for him. <laughs> yeah. He likes them a bit older. So <laughs> University age. Yeah, yeah, university age. They go on their way to Pankok Palace because they learn that there's a, there's a new Maharaja in town and he's up to no good. That's exactly how it's phrased in the movie. Wow. I'm par- no, I am paraphrasing. Did the Maharaja say say that? I hope that's how I arrived. There's a new Maharaja in town, <laughs> and I'm up to no good. And I'm up to no good. <laughs> Get ready. In West India, born and raised. And uh, so, they go to Pankot Palace, and, and Willie is not interested. She does not want to ride an elephant. She's She wants to be back in the nightclubs singing her songs. And short round, he's up for it. He's a wily kid, and he's just keen... F- to be, we don't really learn much about what his deal is. He's just, he's just there. He's just with them. So they go to Pankot Palace and they're they're welcomed in. Like, oh yeah, come on in. We got nothing to hide. Like everything's fine. They've got guests. And then we sit down for this meal. And this meal is iconic. Dave, do you remember what's oh, what gets I served at this? this. Uh, is it monkey related? It is monkey related. Mm. This is this is for your podcast. Yeah, That's is right. It, is is like- it in the cranium area? It is. There are there are there are monkey brains that are served, but also really great. Like a, like a big like boa type python gets cut open and like living snakes spill out of it. People are eating like, like scarab beetles and stuff, like a pinata, like a living pinata, <laughs> as if like you bust open a pinata <laughs> and then it was full of living snakes. Oh my god! Yeah. Imagine. Yeah. <laughs> That would be Indiana's and worst also, nightmare. The, the, exactly, he hates snakes. But also, the the kid who's hitting the pinata has to be blindfolded, so, so they wouldn't even. Re- everyone's screaming. They're like, "What's happening? What's happening? Did I get it? <laughs> Don't leave some candy for me. Should I keep doing it? <laughs> so yeah, everyone's really creeped out. It certainly scarred me as a kid watching this, and this st- stirred up some controversy. They say the depiction of Indian culture, it caused the movie to be temporarily banned in India. They did not like how they were represented. Uh, The depiction of Indian cuisine was heavily criticised, as this article pointed out, as dishes such as baby snakes, eyeball soup, beetles and chilled monkey brains are not Indian foods. Yeah, that is wild. They're like it's it's like quite a vegetarian, you know, heavy cuisine as far as well, I know. I mean, there's a lot, a lot of, of the different culture regions is, there. Yeah, it's a it's a gigantic country, and like I think to give the filmmakers some leeway, and like one of the main actors sort of said, like it was like part of the joke, and it's sort of high fantasy, and a lot of Indian movies play in this sort of same high fantasy sort of world that this is some sort of ancient temple that's up to no good. Uh, as I keep phrasing it, but it was taken out of context. And apparently some American teachers did teach some of these things oh as God. fact of like, oh yeah, that's God. what they do. Over they were, oh. This documentary. So <laughs> It was amazing how much great footage they had from back then. <laughs> <laughs> but the, you could take that a bit as hearsay as well. So 
they learn that there's more going on in the palace than they realize and underneath there are human sacrifices going on. One of the other parts that scarred me as a kid is that, uh, well, before this, uh, Willie gets covered in bugs. And, and once again, that's another indie woman that got, you know, so we had the previous one get covered in snakes. This one gets covered in cockroaches and giant stick insects and And does that continue on every, epi- every episode or whatever? Um. I think these are the sort of worst examples of what they had to put up with. Because, like, Kate Capshaw learnt deep meditation just to endure this bug scene. And one other report said that she was given, like, um, drugs to sort of chill her out. While they put put cockroaches in her hair. Because she was just afraid of them sort of burying their way into her hair and stuff. Yeah, It's very creepy. Yeah, the the scene that really, yeah, haunted me is that at one point, Indiana Jones gets hypnotized and sort of taken over by the evil cult that lives beneath the palace. And he's sort of at the air beck and call and like short round is like, no, Indy, no, you're, you're supposed to be the hero of the movie. And he's like, oh, and, and like tries to like, yeah, and tries to stuff. kill the kid. It's not, it's not a fourth oh, okay. break. Um, yeah, you're supposed to be the hero of the movie we are currently in. But so like, they were making him like cluck like a chicken and stuff. They were, no, they were making him engage in human sacrifice. Oh, yeah, that's a full on. I've only ever seen it on TV where they make him, you know, sing or yeah. This cluck. is more the evil, the evil cult. Have you sort heard of, of this thing. evil hypnotist stuff? We make him do evil stuff. No, I can't remember that. Segment on the the TV show. Yeah, the Vegas hypnotist. Yeah, I don't yeah. normally get into that sort of stuff. <laughs> right now, rob a bank. <laughs> I mean, that's what you're putting yourself open to when you do that, I guess. Yeah, they can make you do anything. Wow. Would you trust them? Absolutely not. No way. <laughs> so then this features like an amazing minecart chase out of the temple. But that's the coolest bit, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's really cool. And they use like miniatures to, to make this happen, which you watch again and you can, you can see it, but it's still- Incredibly well. I mean, made. it's got to be top three minecart chases. Obviously, you've got that. You've got Donkey Journey Kong to the Country. Center of the Earth and The Rock. Starring huh. Sean Connery. Oh no, Don- Donkey Kong didn't make I the can't cut. Believe it didn't yeah. make the cut. It's one of my. F- I love the minecart. Yeah, Kong. that level's awesome. <laughs> okay. So this I've learned a little bit more about Dave today. <laughs> the final showdown is uh, this great uh, rope bridge scene uh, that I, I won't spoil for you, but it's good stuff. There's crocodiles in it. Okay. Do you have a crocodile-themed podcast that you need stuff for uh, No, but there is some crocodile scenes in the upcoming series of uh, The Beer Pioneer. Mm. I'm up to croc. Mm. Um, yeah. I'm also going to put gummy bears in there for Minecraft. Uh, mine, what do you call it? Mine carts. Mine cart scenes, yeah. Gummy bears had some great minecarting work. Gummy bears, yeah, oh. bouncing here and there and everywhere. Minecart isn't that, isn't that the book that Hitler wrote? Yeah, well, that, it's a pretty dark cartoon. <laughs> they have these secret berries that give them superhuman powers. Oh, interesting. They're interesting. Aryan bears. Oh, right. They're the Carrion bears. I want to get to the reception of this movie more than like pointing out the tiny details uh, that happened in the end. This movie helped bring around the, the PG-13 rating. They didn't have that before. Oh, there was nothing between right. PG and R. Like we have PG and then we have MA and then we have R. Uh, but Americans just had, you either had PG or you had R. Even the movie Jaws was apparently PG, which feels crazy wow. to me that Jaws would be PG. So that's, you can you can thank uh, Temple of Doom's monkey brains for that because it was far too full on but it very interesting uh, there's some great critic like um movie critics that just were not a fan of these movies 
of this particular movie, sorry, Temple of Doom, David Kerr said, the film betrays no human impulse higher than that of a 10-year-old boy trying to gross out his baby sister by dangling a dead worm in her face. So that's that's how he would have compared the the movie to. Oh, right. Is a, a 10-year-old boy trying to gross out his baby sister. Doesn't sound the same. I thought that was a scene <laughs> from the movie. <laughs> Uh, Ralph Novak of, of People Magazine complained, the ads that say this film may be too intense for younger children are fraudulent. No parent should allow a young child to see this traumatizing movie. It would be a cinematic form of child abuse. Even Harrison Ford is required to slap Quan and abuse Capshaw. There were no heroes connected with the film, only two villains, and their names are Steven Spielberg <gasps> and George Whoa! <laughs> oh, shit! That is full Whoa. on. Hey, yeah. Dave, I think I just learned that Martin is a bad dad. Because <laughs> <laughs> I watched it on Channel 10 when I was like 12 or something. Yeah. And look how it shaped you. That's right. I definitely did not enjoy it as much as the others. It's just doesn't have the the fun adventure. And I'm it, sure If I watch it now, I'd probably be like, oh, this is cool for a different reason. Yeah, it does stay in one location for most of the movie. We don't get that, that, that you know, jet set and... Country hopping feeling. Oh, that sweet montage where they're traveling on a plane and, you know, it's half the plane, but also the map and the, the dot moving. Love that dot. Love that dot. <laughs> that sounds sick. <laughs> but it, it, the, the, ba- the bad thing about this is all these kids would have seen the first one, probably loved it. And yes. the parents would have assumed, oh, they'll be right to watch this. Yeah, great. Go ahead. Yeah, oh, my gosh. Sound like yeah. no one was thinking about the children. Hmm. Will somebody think of the children? Steve? George? Come on. Well, it still had the highest uh, opening weekend of 1984 and that year's highest grossing film. So, it, it still did extremely well. It was the 10th highest grossing film of all time during its release. Yeah, so, wow. Okay. Yeah, even though- and, and and I and the critical consensus says it may be too dark for some, but Indiana Jones: and The Temple of Doom remains an ingenious adventure spectacle that showcases one of Hollywood's finest filmmaking teams in vintage form. So that's the, the retrospective review. And I imagine there would be some people out there who love this. They love Indiana Jones After Dark. There is this is the sort of contrarians out there who are like, oh, I I, I like the the bad one. <laughs> oh, so it is a worse film, do you think? I, it's not just the darkness. I mean, everyone can have their own taste. And, and oh, I, that, I, I, I Marcel, thank you. <laughs> I don't want to judge anyone too, you know, too harsh because there is a lot of cool things in this movie. So, hey, each to their own, I say, each hmm. to their own. But they are wrong. Oh, okay. I'm looking forward to watching them all because I'll be I'll I'll not have any of this um scared child baggage that you have, yeah. and see how I end up rating them. Maybe you up for doing the whole series on primates? Let's do it. So you might want to include what almost was the third movie, Indiana Jones three and the Monkey King. Oh my god! This yeah. was, did that get made? It did not get made. They hired Chris Columbus of Gremlins fame to write this one. What's cool about this is that there's a podcast called uh, Cancelled Movies that do recreations of these podcasts of these movies that didn't get made, and they even get like voice actors in to do them. You could maybe find some work doing voices for them, Matt. Yeah, yeah which could be which could be good for your voice acting career. Yeah, that'd be. Great. I'll give you- You know, I uh, I went for mm-hmm. a, a year or so back. You might have gone for this. I think a lot of people in Australian comedy went for it. A role on um, Koala Man. And I was curious to see who ended up getting it. And it was Hugh Jackman. <laughs> <laughs> Missed it by that much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would put you in the same league. Yeah, thank you. As the Jackman. 
So, in this one, it opened in a castle in Scotland where Indiana Jones battled a, a haunted suit of armor. So, already this <laughs> is the movie that we missed out on was Indy, Indy fighting a suit of armor, which I think would have been cool. This was one of the ones that, like, George Lucas, he'd give his ideas to a screenwriter and say, hey, here's a bunch of ideas, slap them together in a movie. <laughs> Make these better. Make th- Essentially- I'll, I'll tell you just a couple of quick takeaways. So listen to this episode. It was really good. The um, cancelled movies uh, recreation of the Monkey King. Uh, one, the love interest in this movie is Indy's teaching assistant. So a little bit older than college age, but not much. She's she's obsessed with him. When he tells him he's off an adventure to Africa to find the lost city of the Monkey King, she threatens to kill herself if oh. she's not brought along. She even goes as far as creating a noose with his whip and trying to hang herself. Oh, so okay. we're going further down the dark Even path. Even darker, okay. Yeah. And then Indy stops her and says, what are you doing? Trying to break my whip? So, oh, wow. this is not my yeah. Indy. This is not my Indy. And I'm so glad that they didn't make it. So, like, it, yeah, what is, yeah. so, what is your Indy? He's not- He's not cold like this. I thought he was sort of just I like s- a steely-eyed I guy. sort of like an asexual indie, much in the way like most Arnie yeah. characters are asexual, I, like that he's just interested in the adventure, But I, you know, do you, do maybe you, smooch a woman, but, yeah. He, but how was that not asexual? He was, he's, she's gone, please, I want to come on. He's like, he's more worried about the whip. Well, the, yeah, the, he's got weird priorities. No, but he clearly, ha- like, sorry, I should, I should, maybe I should make clear they have slept together before. Right. So he's sort of like manipulating okay. this poor woman who has been strung along by him. And I should say, I don't think asexual people care more about whips than people. <laughs> That's well. your understanding of what asexuality is. They love whips. So this is, so at the end of the movie, this is what you can segue into in uh, prime primates is that they make it to the monkey kingdom and there are sentient gorillas there. Um, who they find, uh, you know, they're sort of smart and welcoming. Right. What does sentience mean again? That they, they sort of they are exist. aware of themselves. Right. Yes, they're sort of in- intelligent beings. Yes. I believe Which is I what th- it means. I think of gorillas as being sentient. Hey, anyway. for any gorillas listening, yeah. great right. to have hey, you. Hey, a few of a big chunk of our audience are gorillas. <laughs> um, plays at, at different at Taronga Zoo to calm down the gorilla population. <laughs> The, the, there's a big, cause the Nazis come back in, in this almost one. Um, and the, there's a big gorillas versus Nazis sequence. Okay, oh, that, that is that sick. Watch. That yeah. sounds like it. I just call them, um, someone should make that movie, Gorillas versus Nazis. Yeah, absolutely. The gorillas even hijack a tank at one time and for some reason put on Nazi uniforms as well. So there's gorillas in To go undercover. I guess so. I mean, myself. <laughs> I thought you like movies. <laughs> But, yeah, sadly, that movie was not made. Instead, the movie that was made is called Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Sadly. Yeah, that's interesting. Well, I mean, for people that wanted gorillas versus- We could have had both. Well, imagine a world where both were made. Although, there might not have been a recovery after the Monkey King. Some sort of utopia that you'd want to live in. So, this is my favourite one. So, originally, Spielberg didn't want the Holy Grail as a MacGuffin, but then he figured out, we can make this a father-son story, and this doesn't have to be high fantasy, we can ground it. Spielberg is all about grounding the movie. Lucas is all about- Shooting it off into space. Shooting it off into space, exactly right. So, this one, we have the entrance of- of one Sean Connery, James Bond. Spielberg always wanted to make a James Bond Money movie. Penny, it's James. Oh, okay. I'm sending you a fax. <laughs> <laughs> Did Sean Connery just walk in? They're going to confuse the listeners. <laughs> it's better than my Liam Neeson. 
<laughs> you didn't even try with your limbs. I, that was me trying. Oh, okay. Sorry. I thought I did a really good job. <laughs> you were great. <laughs> Thank you. Can you do Sean Connery talking to his son, Indiana Jones? <laughs> Indy. Oh, that's good. Yeah. I'm very disappointed. He says he says junior a lot in the movie. Junior. <laughs> but like he's like, but he's more like despondent and like questioning. Junior. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a bad director. <laughs> <laughs> it's more like Junior, like that sort of thing. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah. I don't it's like, like that. surprised. Yeah, you don't like that? <laughs> I didn't no, like sorry. when you did it. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair enough. I, I was cruel to you and I, I was asking for them. <laughs> best, best opening sequence in this movie because uh, we see young Indiana Jones, uh, played by River Phoenix, and we get oh. an origin story of all the things you've been begging to have an origin story for. Why is he afraid of snakes? Mm, where, snakes. where did he get his wit? Ah, n- normally people hate it when things are overexplained in flashbacks, but you liked it? Uh, I mean, because I'm watching this and I must have been probably nine, I reckon, when I saw this, or maybe even younger, that it was just it was just fun. And, like, I would say Indiana Jones 1, a certified romp. Indiana Jones 2, Temple of Doom, not a romp. Not a romp. Not a romp. Sorry. Sorry yeah. for all the romp Sorry. fans out there. Number three, you were in romp town. Okay, yeah, back okay. to the romp. We are yeah. romping all night. I think this one is like well and truly family friendly, fun, fun old time, beginning to end, lots of different locations. It's 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 a lot of fun. Great. I'm looking forward to it. Um, but I'm also looking forward to the second one to see how dark it gets. Well, you might you might want to watch it with the lights on. Oh, I certainly oh, will. Bit spooky. I'll watch it outside with the sun on. <laughs> on your phone. No one can get me in the sun. <laughs> oh, have you seen Tremors? No. Yeah, well, that's a movie. <laughs> that's a movie. <laughs> so, we see the flashback. We learn about Indiana Jones's these key things. We even learn down to a little scar upon his chin, which is actually Harrison Ford's scar, but we learn it came from when he was trying to defend himself against a lion oh. that he mishandled his whip and, and whipped his chin. Harrison Ford got it in a car accident. Um, so <laughs> Less cool. Less, less was he cool. using a whip in the car He accident? was trying to drive with a whip, I believe. <laughs> <laughs> he was trying to use it as a turn signal. He can't. Um, people couldn't figure out what, that, what he was yeah. trying to Are you whipping that way? Are you turning that way? <laughs> We get the catchphrase that belongs in a museum, which is very exciting. And we cut to young, like young Indiana to old Indiana, still trying to re- recover this, uh, this cross that he was trying to recover in the opening sequence. He's been chasing it for years and years. Uh, he recovers the cross and escapes before the vessel that he's on explodes. Killing all aboard. What a he's a hero. That's he's a hero. That's what he does. Well, he's a hero for getting away and letting everyone else die. <laughs> exactly. That's that's his whole deal. So he gets back to university, and once again, it's this. It's the guys coming in, going, "Hey, we're going to send you on a mission this time around." Uh, it's Walter Donovan who who says, "Hey, we're after the Holy Grail. Uh, you should come and help us find it." We our our search has run cold, and Indiana Jones is like, "Hey." That's more of my dad's thing to find the grail. You should call up him. And Walt Donovan's like, we already tried your dad. He's <laughs> the guy who's missing on the trail. <gasps> so then he's got to go find his dad. Because otherwise go he's got dad. no motivation to go because he's like, that's not really my thing. It's not really my thing. Oh, my dad is missing? My daddy's missing? Daddy? Where's daddy? No, daddy. <laughs> oh. Is daddy missing? Is daddy Sean Connery? 
<laughs> so he gets to Venice and he meets Dr. Elsa Schneider, who's the, the main woman in this film, the, the woman of interest, the, the starlet, shall we say. Uh, maybe we won't say that. But this is, he gets involved. He gets involved with this woman uh, in sort of a weird kiss scene where he just sort of kisses her out of nowhere and then sort of negs her and says, I don't like, like fast women. And they and they make out and okay. and one thing leads to another. Right. That's weird. Yeah, it is. It is strange. It is strange. But hey, it works for Indy. So, uh, Sean Connery was very interested in contributing to his character. He had some ideas with, with his character. He said that everything Indiana does, uh, his father should do better. Uh, <laughs> and that included- if, That was Sean Connery's that was, idea? That was That's Sean Connery's so idea. Funny. Like, he thought that, well, if uh, Harrison Ford is going to- If Indiana Jones is going to ha- have a physical relationship with the leading lady- um, you know, Dr- I'm going to fuck her mum. <laughs> no, Dr. Jones should also have- the same relationship with the leading lady as well. Same lady. Yeah, same lady. And nah. she's she's twenty she's twenty one, the actor is and playing twenty seven. But yeah, it's it's weird. And then speaking of ages, Sean Connery was famously only twelve years older than Harrison Ford playing his right. He looks so much older though in the movie, doesn't he? He does. Yeah, put on he a, wears that hat. Put on a grey beard, put Different on an, kind old, of hat. an old man hat. Yeah. yeah. But that, but I what's interesting too in the behind the scenes stuff you've got Sean Connery being like I should do things better than him and that would be funny I suppose and and then Lucas Luke, <laughs> Lucas and Spielberg are both <laughs> like oh like that yeah we like we credit him as giving those ideas but like we made them funny I think if Sean Con- if left to his own devices Sean Connery would have just made yeah Henry Jones Senior a real a real creep. Who's just like, hey, what if I also? Because right. I don't. Does, does he have a relationship with the lady? I can't remember. Yeah, there's a, there's a sort of an iconic scene where, like, uh, Sean Connery says, like, hey, she's a Nazi. Don't trust her, son. This is for for the character of Elsa, and 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 Indiana's like, no, I'm going to throw my gun down. I, I want to save her. And then uh, later on, Indiana Jones says, how did you know she was a Nazi? And he says, she talks in her sleep. Oh yeah. Oh. yeah. Can you you want to do the line read? You don't like my Sean Connery. I don't like your Sean Connery. <laughs> she talks in her sleep. Yeah, it's good. It's good stuff. It's good stuff. He always has like a bit of a like one eyebrow cocked kind of thing, you know? Yuck. So there's so many like great set pieces in this movie. There's this um, airship scene where they're in a they're in a blimp, um, and. Uh, Indiana Jones pretends to be a ticket inspector and punches out a Nazi. Oh, that's and so then all the passengers are looking on going, oh, shit, what, what's going on? And then and Indiana Jones says, no ticket. <laughs> <laughs> and then they all hold up their tickets because they don't want to get punched off the airship as well. That's good stuff. Mm, it's good stuff. It's a bit of- And, like, you sort of realise, like, how funny- like Steven Spielberg is like he's got a good eye for comedy and, and action sequences and like just very clear with the with the beats of the movie. This is the movie where he meets Adolf Hitler. Uh, Indiana Jones Adolf. comes, comes face to face with with <laughs> sorry Adolf Hitler. I misspoke. I apologize for, for misspeaking. <laughs> um, I'm a I've been talking for a long time. You guys don't get it. You've never talked. <laughs> um, um, everyone knows he's actually. Quite a famous guy. People would have noticed you saying the wrong name there. <laughs> we'll just call him Mr. H to make it I'd easier. I'd say infamous. Mm. Okay. Know what I mean? Yeah. Mm. Notorious. Notorious. Notorious mm. Mr. H. 
Um, but but uh, Hitler just thinks he's getting an autograph, and he and he autographs. Um, he Hitler's gives, in it, the movie. Yeah, Hitler gives Indiana oh, wow. Jones a, an autograph. He's been in a few, I guess. Hitler hasn't he? Yeah, he was in Downfall. Yes. Mm. Is that the one? He was in that probably in that one with Tom Cruise, where um, it starts German and quickly turns into an American accent. Valkyrie. Oh, yeah, Valkyrie. Valkyrie. Um, I reckon he was the in di- the Dictator with um, Charlie Chaplin. Inglorious Bastards. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, he's so like your favorite. So my favorite Hitler performance. Quite a filmography. Hmm. <laughs> Does anyone tell me to do go on? Uh please. Thank you so much. Uh, There's an amazing biplane sequence. There's this great scene where, like, a a biplane is coming to to shoot him on a beach, and Henry Jones um, gets this flock of seagulls to take out the plane for him by, like, sweeping them with his umbrella, and they they all and making a very funny noise, like trying to (laughs) trying to inspire them to fly into the into the. Engines of Inspire the planet. To their, them death. to their death, yeah. Yeah, they yeah, die. They, yeah, they all die. Apparently, um, they tried to use real seagulls, but seagulls can't be trained. Seagulls don't look like seagulls on film. <laughs> <laughs> they ended up getting white doves and plastic seagulls. So, That's yeah. so funny that yeah. they used the symbol for peace and sent them to their deaths. <laughs> yeah, they literally took down that airship as well. <laughs> Someone had to die for the shot. Yeah. The movie ends with this incredible sequence of Indiana Jones having to find his way to the Holy Grail. There's these different trials that he has to figure out. Only the penitent man will pass. Mm -hmm. Wait, wasn't the first film the Holy Grail? That was a different thing. That was the Ark of the Covenant. That was a different- Yeah. yeah, You can remember it from the title, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Okay. That's in Which the, obviously the didn't remember, but yes. <laughs> um, sorry to speak down to you, Matt. I apologize. I am. would be hard not to from all the way up there. What's the weather like, by the way? <laughs> I am For the listeners, I am 6'5". <laughs> <laughs> and the weather all is- right, Matt. The weather is <laughs> I'm 5'7". I don't know how that's relevant. <laughs> yeah. You don't hear her banging on about it. <laughs> okay. okay. We're all above average. 195 centimetres for those of you who like working in centimetres. <laughs> No one, no one cares about this. Why's he going off script here? Marcel, back here. <laughs> <laughs> back here, please. So it ends on this incredible scene of Indy having to figure out, like, so they walk in and there's this old, crusty old knight that's just guarding all these cups. Whoa! He's just guarding all these cups. He's been sitting there waiting for someone to come in and find the Holy Grail, and he's got all these other. Um, sort of cups to trick you, and like, because you've got to be oh, the one that's to fun. choose the right. Now, I think I'm going to block my ears. This feels like I don't want to hear what happens here. So if you're going to go on, I'm going to. Well, the, I'll just I'll just say the villain the villain chooses the wrong cup because oh. the villain's like, well, right. we're talking about our Lord and Savior here. Like this is Jesus Christ, so I'm going to choose the most glamorous. Yeah, cup. Che- oh, you get this it. Must a real blinged up cup. Yeah. Jesus, a humble man. Exactly. He was a carpenter, as they say in the movie. I would have picked the gumboot. <laughs> the shoey for Jesus. I would have picked pick the tradies flask. Oh, you know? yeah. Traveller. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I would have chosen cut. the wooden one. Mm. Oh, good point. I th- it's like wooden-y clay sort of yeah, one. Yeah. You guys are all dead. Yeah. I was joking. I would have picked the right one. <laughs> oh, and the reason that Indy himself wants to choose one is because his father has been shot. Yes, that's right. That's how the Nazis motivate him to go through all these different tests. So, he, he needs well, to- Just in case I missed that spoiler, is that right, Dave? <laughs> Jeez. This whole show is spoilers. <laughs> well, I know, and I'm trying to blank him out as much as I can. And here you are going, oh, by the way, in case you've missed this big one. 
<laughs> you are yeah. a real piece of work. That's integral to the story. You are the villain in my timeline. But don't worry because he finds the right one and he's able to save his dad. Oh, God. <laughs> it's a touching father-son moment. Yes, and that's quite a good graphic actually because he's, he's sort of bleeding like from the bullet wound and then it sort of just disappears from the, the, the holy water. It doesn't oh. really it, – it heals the wound but who's to say what the, where that bullet went? Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. plenty of oh uh, my God. opportunity he's, for infection. He's getting mm. infected for sure. That bullet is travelling through his – up to his brain. Mm, but I won't spoil whether or not he gets infected. I'll keep that. Okay. Under, on the table. Under well, let's table. just say he's going to need some antibiotics. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> know what I mean? Let's just say he won't be in the next movie. <laughs> the last line of the movie we learn is, it, one of the last lines is, um, we named the dog Indiana. And we learn that, that his name's Henry. His name's been Henry this entire time. And uh, he's just been going after the, the dog's name for some reason. I don't know. I don't know what motivates a person to go, you know what? I'm going to start going by the dog's name. You ever thought about changing just to your, your dog's foot? You know? Goose. Go by Goose. Goose Perkins. Pretty good. Yeah. It is good. Speaking of, Top Gun. Yeah, that's true. It's a good name. R.I.P. Humphrey. Humphrey. Humphrey is pretty good. Humphrey's great. all right, yeah. I think both great names. And this was the name of George Lucas's own dog. He he named it. He made the character after Where his own dog. Where do you get dog. your ideas, George? <laughs> is that what? true? Yeah. I never knew that. Is a female Alaskan Malamute. Who was the original source for the the forename of Indiana Jones? And apparently, Chewbacca from Star Wars also took inspiration from the dog Indiana. Is this dog getting paid? Yeah, what? A, this is a famous dog. And yeah. the Chew the Chewbacca how how so? I think attitude. Attitude. You know right. what dogs are like. And apparently, he he would ride with George Lucas in the front seat of his car because he's such a big dog. Like he was like a co pilot. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So yeah, yeah, they inspired. <laughs> that was like, what if, what if dog alien? You know, that's yeah, okay. that's George Lucas is a genius. Is yeah. what I'm saying. He's a creative genius, and we all need to give him more credit. I'm sorry about what I said before. All right, we're into the the, the pointy end of this report okay. because here we are. We're going. We've had the trilogy. Is that it for Indiana Jones? There was a, a mini series um, called Young Indiana Jones, so that it was a TV show. It was sort of designed to be educational, and uh, Young Indiana Jones would uh, meet a lot of famous people, probably a lot of people that have come up in uh, Duga One reports, like Tolstoy. Have you done Tolstoy before? We have not. Oh, I'm you haven't. Sorry. Picasso, Louis Armstrong. We haven't done this. We did, a, we did Churchill? a Picasso painting theft. Yeah, that's right. I did the Sigmund theft Freud. Churchill, we did his Ministry of Ungentlemanly Warfare. Ernest Hemingway. I did a book cheat on one of his books. Well, Indiana Jones, young Indiana Jones met all of these guys, apparently, that's along cool. the way. Uh, he also really fight, shaped him. He fights um, James Bond. Daniel Craig guest stars in one of the episodes. Is it a cartoon or is it live action? It's live action. Like, oh. apparently extremely expensive as well. Young I Daniel Craig, are you serious? Yeah. And he fought, as James Bond, no, as Bloody as hell. one of the Kaiser in World War One, he also fought in, fought in World War One. He's wow. a busy guy, Indiana wow. Jones, and he also once fought Dracula, sure, as well. Yep, um, makes sense. Which is really fun. So now uh, Lucas is going, hey, this gives me an idea. What if now Indiana Jones is, you know, in the 1950s, and if he's in the 1950s when we follow that B movie idea, then we should go and have him fight aliens. A lot of the 1950s movies oh, yeah. would really? deal with like invaders from outer space and invasion of the body snatchers and those sort of uh, Cold War esque, someone's coming to get you type things. 
um, and Spielberg was not into it. He And Ford was not into it as well. He said, no way am I being in a Steven Spielberg movie like that. And Spielberg had already made Close Encounters of the Third <laughs> Kind e- and E.T. So, he just didn't want to- They weren't interested in bringing- Aliens. It feels like it would have been it. a strat. Like I don't, I don't mind it personally, but it feels like the fandom wouldn't have loved it. It's quite I, a a, a left hand. Well, turn speaking of it. spoilers, I think I think it would have been I think it would have been strange as well. So there was no nineties Indiana Jones movie, even though there there could have been early two thousands. Spielberg's son apparently said, "Hey, when's the next indie movie coming out?" And they got inspired again. They uh, they were talking about this idea of like getting um, aliens from a different dimension. Okay, maybe not from outer space. What about a different dimension? Like Lucas is trying anything to try and like, hey, come on, I want to do aliens. Uh, and they talked, and Spielberg thought about the idea of using these crystal skulls to to ground the idea. Apparently, that grounds it in Spielberg's <laughs> eyes. Yeah, that that movie's about aliens. Well, crystal skulls apparently are a real thing. Well, this is interesting. I read about this. Crystal skulls are real in that they have been made and they have been found, but it seemed more like these people in the 19th, 18th century made these crystal skulls in Germany and then pretended that they were from a more uh, uh, ancient era. And they're like, oh, look what we dug up. And then people are like, I think you, I think you just made that. I think you just made that up. M. Night Shyamalan. Sh- Shimal- I always get his Shyamalan. name. Shyamalan. He he was recruited to write a version of the next movie, which which I cannot find a record of. But we can imagine what an M. Night Indiana Jones movie could have been, and it could have been awful. I I, I assume. I can only assume, uh, judging by his films. Then, <laughs> sorry, everyone out there are getting so bitchy towards the end. I get catty sometimes. I love it. So, Indiana Jones 4 was almost the city of the gods. And this also is another cancelled movies podcast. They recreate this one as well, which I listened to. This was by Frank Darabont, who also wrote a possible Mission Impossible 3, a possible Mission Impossible 3 script that didn't get made. Um, but he's famous for um, the Shawshank Redemption and a bunch of other films. In this movie, it's a it's very similar to what became the Crystal Skull. But he had a few sort of things that came in, you know, like Sean Connery popped up in his, and there was this kind of cool, kind of corny moment where Indiana Jones gets fired. He gets really drunk. He's wandering through the university, fed up about his life, and he feels lonely. And he sees the idol. From the first movie, it's now on display in a university case, like behind glass and on an alarm. And he decides, I'm going to steal that steal idol. With a bag of sand. And he, and well, he goes over to a, um, the, what do you call like the cigarette where you put your cigarettes out and he gets some sand from the cigarette ashtray ash, the ashtray thank you so much i don't smoke it's a dirty habit <laughs> he gets some sand from the Cat ashtray puts, <laughs> puts it into a bag and recreates that scene from the first movie and steals the steals the um the idol and then the alarm goes off and then he gets attacked by nazis see so but it's, i like that but then He's always banging on about how these things need to be protected. They need to be on display somewhere, usually a museum, but at university, close enough. He's nicking it. What's he going to do with it? Well, he's drunk and upset. Okay, he's an old man in this movie, and he's just—he's not getting any love. Have you haven't seen this one? Well, this this one didn't get made. No, this, I actually well, haven't. I'd- this <laughs> one. Answer the question, Dave. <laughs> 
Okay. This one was almost called so the Atomic Ants or Indiana Jones and the Saucermen, Indiana Jones and the Giant Ants. Oh, no. Indiana Jones and the Mushroom Cloud. And the Giant Ants. That's David no Kep- That's so bad. David Kep was brought on and the movie was almost called Indiana Jones and the Destroyer of Worlds based on the J. Robert Oppenheimer quote. But then it was changed to the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Now, this is really regarded as the worst one, and we're going to spend the least amount of time on it. Dave, what's your relationship with The Crystal Skull? I enjoyed it. I saw it at the cinema. Mm-hmm. First time I'd seen an Indiana Jones at the movies. And yeah, I thought it wasn't as good as one and three, the other romps. But I don't think it's as bad as everyone everyone said, because everyone was pissed off that there's aliens. But it's like, well, if you're on board with a seven, you know, 2,000 year old old man hiding the Holy Grail. I mean, you're probably on board with aliens, right? Yeah, there's always been fantasy in it, which yeah, I, I that's think is strange as well. People go, What's, what is this? Ha- why is this happening? There's there's aliens and they're from a different dimension and no, they but- only reveal it at the end. Yeah, and then the, the first one, it's got the arc that literally melts people's faces. But people also had a problem. There's a sequence early on in this movie where Indiana Jones is running away from Russians. Russians are the bad guy and Kate Blanchett is the main evil Russian. She has she's interested in in psychic warfare and being able to defeat her enemies using just her psychic powers. And Indiana Jones runs away into this model village type thing and it's like why are all these mannequin people in this village and it turns out it's a testing ground for nuclear bombs. Mm. And Indiana Jones the alarm starts going off. He's like, "Uh-oh." A nuclear bomb's going to get dropped on this town, and in order to protect himself, he goes into a fridge, um, which is iron coated, iron lead, lead. Sorry, lead, lead plated. Oh, this is is the idea that was taken from the Back to the Future original. I yes, I believe so. Yeah, the Ah. original testing site for the for the. For back for back to the future, the time travel was going that to be was going to be yeah rather than a car, it was going to be like a fridge or whatever. Yeah, so and then he is able to survive. He flies off in the fridge, lands, rolls out, and he's like, oh, dusts himself off. And they actually did that on MythBusters, and it was <laughs> full nuclear test. <laughs> and like, I think that's a bit of fun. Like watching exactly. that, it's like it's really silly, but it's I think that's a bit of fun. People also complain about this monkey sequence later in the movie. We I'm meet, it. we, we <laughs> meet um, Indiana Jones's son, uh, who is sort of like a, a one. One of the writers wanted to make him a nerd, but um, once again, Lucas got his way and wanted to make him uh, a cool, a cool guy, sort of a uh, one of those motorcycle. Rebel without a cause type people, a greaser they call them. Is in it that, Shia in LaBeouf? That. Yeah, it's Shia LaBeouf, which also people are not were not really fans of. But he was like, he was the guy. He was yeah. the guy. He was the guy at the time. Uh, there's this sequence where like Shia is trying to catch up with these guys in the jungle, and he's stranded, and he's in these trees, and he sees these monkeys swinging through the trees, and he's like, oh, maybe I also can swing on vines, and he sort of t- he sort of teams up with the monkeys and swings Incredible. through the, oh, yeah, the trees that with them. Sound awesome. And, then, <laughs> and and the monkeys aren't really very well realized in CGI wise, so it just looks a little bit Or character wise. We yeah, don't we, know what, what's they're motivating. Not, they're, not, they're not really fleshed out that well. So yeah, it this is a sort of father son tale. Uh his son's name is Mutt his which is not a great name. Mutt? Uh his name is Mutt Williams. Well also named after a dog. <laughs> Yeah, it's just, we call the dog Mutt. Uh, Mutt. Yeah, Mutt. Sure. Yeah. And Williams. Mutt Williams. Okay. 
And Indy doesn't know that he's his son at the time. So, they right. go off on this adventure. He's like, my mum's in peril. You know this other archaeologist named Oxley. Uh, he's interested in these crystal skulls. We've got to go and, like, beat the Russians to get this crystal skull. So, Indy is off on the off on adventure once more, despite him feeling a little bit too old for this shit. And he learns that Mutt's mum is marrying. And so, they're reunited. So, there's a sort of, oh, wow... Marion and India back together again now in much more favorable ages, which is nice to see. I mean, she's still much younger than him, but the, at least she's not 16 and he's 27 because that's not great. Uh, what else can I tell you about this movie? So, this movie ends with aliens being revealed. A skull huh. is placed upon uh, this alien skeleton and then it opens up this portal <laughs> and then- uh, sorry, I'm sorry, Matt. No, this, is, okay. this is the one you sort of want spoiled, so you don't want to really have to go and watch uh, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. And unfortunately, Kate Blanchett does. Um, she doesn't make it out alive. What? Yeah, sorry. And that's our Kate. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Kate. Sorry, Kate. At the end of the movie, there's this moment where Marion and Indy get married, and as they're making their way out of the church, he's Marion, Marion, Marion. He's Marion, Marion. It's Marion Marion and uh, <laughs> the wind blows the door open and the door knocks uh, Indy's hat off a hat rack and the hat rolls over to Shia LaBeouf who is about to reach down and pick up the hat and the and the swell of the Indiana Jones theme begins to play and just as Shia LaBeouf is about to pick it up, Indy swoops in and puts it upon his own head and Shia LaBeouf just watches him walk away with the hat and this, and I could feel like the whole movie theater. I remember watching this with my friends, just get like a shiver down their spine, sort of going, "There's no way I'm watching a Indiana Jones movie where Shia LaBeouf is." So yeah. they loved that. They loved that. That was the Indiana. fake out. Was a fake out. I think. I, I think so because Spielberg has been quoted as saying, "It's certainly not my intention to ever have another actor step into his shoes in the way that there have been many actors that have played Spider Man or Batman. There is only going to be one actor playing Indiana Jones." And that's Harrison Ford. Yeah, right. Because, it, and it truly is like, he's not a really interesting character to like explore the yeah. different parts of. He he is Harrison Ford. He's a, and Harrison Ford brings so much to Who that Who would be the modern character. day one? It'd be Chris Pratt probably, right? Well, Except that's what people were sort of talking about when they were chatting about like the next Indiana Jones because it's such, it's always the most boring idea in terms of casting. Yeah, it's like, yeah. let's get Chris Pratt in. But I think Chris Pratt is now done. Like, it's like, let's get rid of Chris Pratt as the go-to guy, especially after all those He's in Jurassic Mario World coming movies up. tanked. Uh, let's, let's, did they tank the Jurassic? Well, the last ones did. Yeah, Did right. you see Jurassic Park Dominion? I didn't. Jurassic I, World I Dominion. I just assumed they were big hits. Oh, yeah, I watched it on the, on the plane. I mean, they're all the same movie. Oh. Evil person brings dinosaurs back despite everyone telling them it's a bad idea. It goes wrong. They're not Someone all the saves same the day. movie. The last one has locusts in it more than dinosaurs. Yeah, but they were all sort of. <laughs> <laughs> they're all similar. Well, I'll come, back, I'll come back and do the Jurassic Park movies. Okay, so we great. Can chat about that. Um, so we're at the, we're we're coming to the end. But there's another, there's another Jurassic, there's another Jurassic Park movie. There's another Indiana Jones movie. What have we been talking about this whole time? Yeah. There's another <laughs> Indiana, Indiana Jones. Jones movie on the horizon. Yeah. I up. might have a little inside scoop here, guys. When I was in- Are uh, you in it? I was in Morocco last oh. year. One of the tour guides said, they filmed a bit of Indiana Jones down this street. Wow. And I took a photo of that street. Wow. You're going to be so able to sell that for a lot of cash. I'll be able to- Did I'll, they say which Indiana Jones? The next one. Oh, all right. 
Just quickly, uh, again, gotcha here. Mm. Uh-oh. Uh, Dominion is the third highest grossing of the Jurassic Park ones. So Fallen say- Kingdom the second most. And Jurassic World the first. So the 2015, 2018, 2022, those three. I mean, that would be inflation or whatever, but they're uh, they're all. I think they're all doing okay, mate, so you don't have to worry about it. <laughs> but you said third most of the three movies. It did the worst. Oh, third, sorry, third most of the series. Oh. Because there was the tri- the original trilogy, but the, the new three are the, the three highest <laughs> grossing. This is a gotcha. The- this is not a gotcha. Uh, the, gotcha. The, the ultimate I'm actually moment from Matt over here. Yeah. So the next movie is going to be called The Dial of Destiny. How do we feel about that title? Dial. Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. What could it it's mean? It's going to be phone related, I guess. You I think like it's, it. It's gonna, he's going to get his first phone. Is Dial that what you think? D for Destiny. Oh, that's good. Or M for murder, like Alfred Hitchcock once tried to dial. Well, no, I think uh, I think that's what I was referencing, but I don't think that'll work here or because it's already been done. Dial, dial M for murderousness you've, from a McClure film. You've- uh, Master, you're way off here. So this next movie, Spielberg's not directing and George Lucas, you know, is just an executive producer. It's being directed by James Mangold, who you might know from um, the Logan movie or the 310 to Yuma remake. So I think it's exciting to get someone else involved. Yeah. Get some younger blood. People love Logan, right? (laughs) How old's Harrison, though? (laughs) He's 80. He's 80 years old. Yeah. All right. So he'll have to keep playing, but will he be more of a Sean Connery type father of the guy again? I I think so. And they they have some footage of him being aged down in some of the sequences. So we'll see some young indie. People are a bit nervous about how much of the movie will be like him. And if you've seen The Irishman, did anyone see that movie? No, too long. Well, he gets like um, Robert De Niro gets aged down, and Joe Pesci gets aged down, and Al Pacino. But you can still see that they're old performers. So, like, there are moments where it's like, oh, oh. wow, amazing technology that their face looks so young. But then you see them moving, and right. they move like old. They've all got people. hunchbacks. Yeah, yeah. Right. yeah, it's 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 very it's jarring. Um, so in this movie, Sala's going to come back. So John Reese Davis is back, and now and joining them will be Phoebe Waller Bridge from Fleabag fame, um, playing Marcus Brody's uh, daughter. I didn't give much of a shout out to Marcus Brody, but he's also an excellent character in it who plays uh, Indiana Jones's university colleague. She'll break that fourth wall. <laughs> yeah, she'll turn to the movie and say, "I wonder if we're going to have butt hey, sex later." Hey, we're gonna. Hey, you're meant to be the one who saves this movie. <laughs> We both do really great Phoebe Waller-Bridge impersonation. <laughs> uh, Antonio Banderas is joining the cast and the villain is going to be Mads Mikkelsen. Oh, oh great villain. Everyone, yeah, loves, great villain. everyone loves Mads. We don't have much of a um, synopsis for the next one, but we, IMDb says, Experience the return of the legendary hero Indiana Jones in the fifth installment of this beloved swashbuckling series of films. A new swashbuckling. era. Swashbuckling. Yep. I, don't, I wouldn't say that Indiana Jones is a swashbuckler, but still. He always, I kind of think swashbuckling's on the on the high seas, but- It doesn't maybe have to be. Maybe this it's could not, be land swashbuckling. I think that's usually like a sort of brave, daring do sort of hero who is always sort of a little cocky, um, quick to talk back. Right. You know. He's not like always that. Always has a quip. I don't, like, he's not quipping. He ain't a quipper. I thought you, you did give a quip, quip earlier. Quip. You mentioned a quip. Don't. Don't that belongs in a museum? That's not a quip. No, not that mm. one. I, think I hate snakes. Uh, I, I'm worried about I don't my like, whip. I don't like fast women. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I'm worried about. I'm worried about my whip. That's a dark quip, but it's still a quip. 
Um, and that also wasn't from a film that got made. So Two things before we go. Real world inspirations. So one of the real world inspirations that might come up in a future episode is Percy Harrison Fawcett. Whoa, that is close to Harrison Yeah, Ford. wow. He, uh, possibly the individual most often touted as an inspiration for Indiana Jones is Percy Harrison Fawcett, a British army officer, surveyor, and daring jungle explorer. Fawcett's life story reads like the plot of an adventure novel or action film. He spent much of the two last decades of his life exploring the deep and unknown jungles of South America, going on frequent long expeditions while still finding time to serve on the front line in the First World War. For the last 10 years or so of his life, of his known life stemming from his research and studies in archaeology, he became convinced that in the depths of Brazil's mighty Amazon rainforest was a lost city. He believed this to be the ruins of an ancient and once mighty civilization. He called this city Z, or as some people would say, Zed. <laughs> what are we supposed to say in Australia? Zed. Okay. In May 1925, Fawcett, his son Jack, and the son and his son's friend Rayleigh Rimmel left Dead Horse Camp in the middle of the Mato Grosso region in the heart of Brazil to find Z. They were never seen or heard from again, and theories about their fate range from them living out their days with a remote tribe revered as kings to them being murdered. Fawcett actually becomes a character in one of the Indiana Jones novels. There's like novels, there's comic books, there's video games. Uh, he appears in Indiana Jones and the Seven Veils. As a character, he went missing. But Fawcett was actually successful as a character um, to find the city of Z, where he was held within the city's walls as a breeder. During that time, he was manipulated into fathering five children by different women posing as his wife. So, th- like, this is sort of a twisted thing for a novelist to be like- Yeah, wow. Twisted, like, taking a real-life person being like, what if he was captured and turned into a breeder for this city? That's strange. Um, there is a movie, I think it's called The Lost City of Z, which I saw a few years ago. It- it's pretty dark. It's not a it's not a romp, but it's, it's really well made. And lastly, when Han Solo met Indiana Jones- what? <laughs> there's a, How is that possible? There's a 10-page non-canon comic story that they published. Uh, within its pages, Han Solo and Chewbacca pilot their starship, the Millennium Falcon, blindly into hyperspace and end up crashing into the planet Earth's Pacific Northwest. Solo is attacked and killed by a group of Native Americans, and 126 oh. years later, his skeleton is discovered by the archaeologist Indiana Jones, who finds him somewhat familiar Wait, so this means that the galaxy far, far away was 160 years ago. Wasn't that actually far that far or yeah, that long ago? Long, yeah, what did they say? It's like galaxy- A long time a, ago. A long time ago, ago I mean, India. 160 years, it, I guess, it, a long it, time. Yeah, that's galaxy a while, far, far away. It? Yeah. It's a while. I always assumed it was thousands of yeah, years. Yeah, me too. Maybe it's, well, there you go. It's all relative. Yeah, true. Yeah. And he what discovers the body and goes, that's a beautiful skull. <laughs> <laughs> well, he, he's in the forest because he's searching for the fabled Sasquatch, who is, in fact, Chewbacca. Chewbacca. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, so it's a, fun little, it's a fun little stupid thing. Um, wow. A fun little silly comic book. So, when you on. say he meets him, he meets his decomposed remains. Yeah. I thought he was going to reanimate him or something. This guy looks familiar for some reason. The great unknown. Yeah, they didn't. They, yeah, it was going to be they too silly to get them to meet they didn't at the hang same out. time. I think it's sort of, yeah, it's sort of sad in a way. I don't know yeah. why I use the word uh. silly. He's looking at his own skeleton face to face with his own death. Yeah. Mm. Bit of a gag to end on. Five stars. That's wow. so good. Yeah, so how do we feel being overwhelmed with indie? Uh, I feel excited. Mm-hmm. I feel keen to watch a movie. Mm. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to rewatch them all. 
I'm trying to trying to blank out the plot points as much as I can, trying to forget. Well, as so I, I said, like I had very detailed synopses, but with the ticking clock and with like, all right, I don't want to break my record from the last episode. You're talking about the ticking clock, like you've been racing, Dave. How long are we going for, approximately? Two hours and twenty minutes. Oh yeah, sorry, a bit speedy, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Let's fucking go. And I didn't want to spoil it for you either. I didn't want to go into. I didn't want to go into that brazier level of detail. Love Michelle's Fast and the Furious. But episode, she also went through nine lo- movies. This is true. You've gone into exactly the same amount of detail. I talked about four movies at plus th- two or three. That were made and one that's about to be made. Right. The good news is yeah. I can't remember anything Michelle said last year, and I've only seen the first two of yeah, those movies, so I can go blind into those. Oh man, Fast and Furious is the best. Um, yeah, I'm the same. I can't really remember much at all. There was a cliff in one of them. Well, I think. you keep you famously keep saying that nothing that you say on those episodes gets retained at all. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. right, mate. You'll leave yeah. this building. You'll be fine. Be Pre rewatch, Dave. What's your ranking of the four? Uh, one. You yeah, really what, can't what, what remember because Dave's been saying it like he said it multiple times. Yeah, one, three, episode. two, four. One, three, two, four. Yeah, that's one, also three, two, Dave's four. pin number as well. <laughs> yeah, that's because I remember Indiana. Is, it, <laughs> is that that pretty? Is that the classic ordering? I'd say most people would. Agree I, that, but I you think three. Is I the put best. three first because that's the one I fell right. in love with. Yeah, so you go sure, three, sure. one, two, four. Mm. So four is sort of consensus bad. Or worse, it just it just was not. It was never going to reach the reach the same heights. Well, the next one, you know, redeem. Well, I don't have high hopes for it, but I'll go see it at the movies. The hope is that like Wolverine, or- like Wolverine Origins was a terrible X Men Origins. Wolverine was a terrible movie, and we didn't want that to be the last time we saw Wolverine. So then, when Logan came out, we were like, "Oh, great, that's a nice swan song." <laughs> yeah, swan yeah. swan song. And now he's and now gone we, again. Now we hope. Yeah, now he's come back with De- with Deadpool. But now our hope is that Indiana Jones gets a nice little send off in this one. Oh, that'd be nice. Yeah. yeah. I think I'll just say that I think I'm easier to please than most Indiana Jones fans. The same with Star Wars. I like them all. I find them all fun and, you know, whatever. But And you love all the Jurassic Park movies. You're, you're yeah. like prime audience of buying tickets to just anything. Whatever uh, slop will be put I'm in not, front of you. Just like blockbustery type movie. I mean, I enjoyed Aliens versus Predator Requiem, for God's sake. Mm. Yeah, strange film. Yeah. Requiem, aliens versus Predator Requiem for a Dream. <laughs> yeah, wow. That was a dark movie. <laughs> Well, thanks so much for joining us, Marcel. My absolute pleasure. I never want to think about Indiana Jones again, so I'm, in, I'm glad that you're inspired. Yeah, did you do like a multi-rewatch? I watched all of Crystal Skull. I watched a l- most of the rest of them, but I spent most of my time like watching behind-the-scenes stuff yeah, and, cool. and that sort of thing, things that I hadn't seen before. Mm. Absorb it all. I watched like a, almost a full episode of the- Young Indiana Jones, which is not almost a full great. episode. Well, they're, they're they're all on YouTube, and they're feature. They've been sort of changed into feature length. They were re- originally episodic, but now they're into features, and so they're they're a bit of a slog for something that isn't yeah of that same quality. Harrison Ford's in one of them, oh. and he plays a saxophone, and he defeats as in the bad guys his character a is a saxophone, <laughs> or he <laughs> he. He picks up a saxophone as he's waiting, okay. as he's just like killing time. But then these bad guys try and take away this particular peace pipe that he's tried to recover. And then the bad guys are walking out of this cabin that's covered in snow. And Indiana Jones sits back, picks up the saxophone and starts playing a particular note on the saxophone that um, stirs up the snow on the roof that then falls upon the henchmen that have the peace pipe and he wanders over and collects the peace pipe. So, 
we also know that he has that skill. So wow. you think you're a bit far-fetched? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> I'm, I, yeah, I, I think I am saying that. Well, thanks so much for joining us, Marcel. Really appreciate you coming and telling us all about Indiana Jones, one of my favourite characters of all time. But if we want to see more of you live, in the flesh, improvising with your wife, is that possible? It is possible. Wow. Thank you so much I've for asking weird- that extremely specific <laughs> question. I've got a weird list of requests. Yeah, find me on Instagram. I'm Marcel the Comedian, easy to find. And we are the Newlyweds Improv, so you can look up times for Melbourne Co- Comedy Festival. And and also, I know you've got listeners around the world. We're, we're planning to come to Edinburgh later in the awesome. year as well and do the Edinburgh Fringe awesome. and a few other surrounding shows in the uk so yeah look us up because we may be coming to your town sooner than you think is and they that are great yeah that's that- threatening but i love them <laughs> <laughs> we may be outside your door right <laughs> now and we're back in the room uh now it is time for everyone's favorite part of the show and it's just dave and jess here hanging out with you we've lost marcel he's gone back to sydney we said please don't go he said that's where i live um it's where my wife is and my dog and my family and we said marcel no uh and it went back and forth for a while but he has he has gone back to his home uh matt has also gone home he's gone to uh, sydney he's gone to see marcel's wife and dog <laughs> <laughs> because Matt was really struggling with Marcel leaving. Yeah, because so- Marcel was saying, I've got to go. He started talking about how great his wife is, how good his dog is, how yeah. good Sydney is. And Matt said, I'm sold. I'm coming with you. I'm, I'm in. And he got in Matt- Marcel's suitcase. Matt sort of blacked out, woke yeah. up, he'd bought tickets. <laughs> um, it's not the first time it's happened. Uh, genuinely not. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, we are here um, to do everybody's favourite section of the show uh, where we get to thank some of our delightful patrons, people who support us over on patreon.com forward slash do go on pod you can join as well if you would like to you get to vote on topics you get to um enjoy three bonus episodes per month that's right and there's 160 ish yeah in the back catalog that you can get straight away there's a lot um yeah and and you get to be part of the most beautiful part of the internet which is a little facebook group i um, love that group and recently that group and everyone on patreon was dare i say treated <laughs> So the Do Go On Awards. Yeah, the Do Go Honors. We had a f- the Do Go Honors, that's right. We had a full award ceremony this year live from Stupid Old Studios that you can still watch if you join us on Patreon. We had guests. We had songs. Yeah. We had awards. We had – it was just a great time. Have you, Dave, had to explain to anybody what you were up to that night? Because no, people were like, how was your weekend? Or people saw it on Instagram. This is like people in my real life or in at my other job. And they're like, oh, I saw the – Awards show? What was that? What was that about? And I was like, "Well, it's it's like a funny thing. It's normally just a podcast we do. We vote on, but this time we did a full on awards show with like there was a crane camera and we had a musical number. <laughs> there was a crew of about nine people working on it. <laughs> yeah, it was a lot, and it was so fun. And so yeah, if you if you want to check that out, you can um, just join up on Patreon, and it'll be there for you. I think I just avoided seeing people because I didn't have to explain it. It's to so strange to outsiders, and it was such because it was also the weekend of the hottest one hundred. Um, yeah, very big weekend for you. So I'd had not a lot of sleep at all, um, was just running on fumes. And so people would be like, oh, congrats on the Hottest 100. Oh, and then you had this awards show and I have to explain. <laughs> it was like, yes, I, I, look, I did have an awards show. It was mostly us giving awards to ourselves. but um, So it's a lot of fun. Definitely go and check that out. It was something really special that we got to do. Um, but what we're going to do right now is a little section that we like to call 
The fact, quote, or question. It's got a little jingle that goes a little something like this. Fact, quote, or question. Ding. He always remembers the ding. She always remembers the sing. Um, it's really hard being Matt and Jess at the same time. So thank you for taking care of the Dave section. Doing a great job. I will try my best. (laughs) This is where um, some of our um, delightful Patreons on the Sydney Scheinberg Deluxe level, is it, Dave? Yeah, the memorial package. That's right. They get to submit a fact, a quote, a question, a brag, a suggestion. It can be literally anything they want it to be. We've had recipes. This is, is, you know, for them. Um, And they also get to give themselves a title. So let's get stuck in. This week our first fact, quote, a question comes from Michael. Deritzi, um, and Michael has given themselves the the title of Red Hot Comic Book Movie News Shooting Up Your Butthole. <laughs> <laughs> Grab that jam. <laughs> and Michael has given us a quote, and that quote is banana. <laughs> banana. And that's obviously a very famous quote from Jess Bob Perkins. And where does that come from, Jess? Uh, uh, Michael might have um, – just uh, noticed a bit of a pattern in that if I'm asked to, like, s- just think of a word, people, like, even if I, if I go to an improv show and they're like, can I get a word, just any <laughs> random word, I always say banana. Banana. If- All right, we need a location. Banana, banana. shop. Okay. And uh, banana farm. occupation? <laughs> banana farmer. <laughs> like, it's all I think of is banana. It sounds like you're ruining the show, but that is genuinely what your mind is doing. Straight first thing I go to is banana. I think it's a satisfying word, but I, it's just the first thing I think of. So if you're ever needing to, ident- like if there's two of me and you're needing to figure out who is the clone, just, and this is a conversation you and I have all the time. Yep. Just, I know this. Um, just say, like, give me g- any random word. First thing you think of, one, two, three, I'll say banana. And they'll say, Chimichanga. And I'll say, I'm afraid it's good night for you. Chimichanga. Push them out the window. Thank you. Correct. The closest thing I've ever had to that is when uh, I used to care about Twitter and be like, all right, I really should be writing some jokes to put out there. I'd be like, what's funny? What's funny? What's funny? And the the first phrase that would always come to my head was Russian roulette. Oh, yeah. Nothing funny about it. But it's fun to say. Terrifying game, but yeah. And I never wrote any sort of tweets or jokes about it, but I'd always think Russian Russian roulette. roulette. Didn't help. Didn't help. Yeah, okay. First thing that popped into my mind. So that's how you know. You get my- me yeah. and my clone to draft a tweet with two words. I'll have Russian roulette. Okay, great. See, this is so important that we have these conversations. Yep. Let this be a reminder to you listening to have these conversations with your loved ones. Absolutely. So they know which which one of you to shoot exactly. or push out a window. Yeah. Okay? Your life could depend on this. Yes. So don't let the clones win. It's very important. And we wouldn't have thought of that without our great man, Michael Derizzi. Yeah, thank you for for bringing that quote to everybody's attention, as it deserves to be. Next, we have uh, Andrew Swibes. Swibesy. <laughs> it's fun to say, Swibesy. It is fun to say. Uh, and Swibesy's giving himself the title <laughs> Champion of Getting What Is Probably Too Excited About Stuff and Future Keeper of Facts for Gary Indiana. Oh, an important job. Very important. Um, Swibesy has a brag this week, which we absolutely love. Very welcome. Um, so, so, my first for my first submission, Matt... Oh, he's written in brackets. That's me. I'm reading this now because normally it's Matt. But it's Jess this time, Swibesy. I'm so sorry. 99% of the time it is Matt. Yeah. Um, So my first submission, Matt naturally called me Swibesy and I was just pumped. We just did it again. (laughs) Probably too pumped to get an Aussie nickname of sorts. Then my second one that came up during Block where Nick Mason Mason just naturally called me the same thing. And uh, they said it a few more times before Sassy Matt came out. 
that's, I mean, he's always there. Yeah. Sassy mode is always lurking <laughs> the surf, the surface. below the surface. Anyway, now I've been trying to get people in Chicago to call me Swibesy. It won't catch on, but I can dream. Uh, I, love, I would love to imagine what you're trying to. Now nah, call me Swibesy. Call me Swibesy. I'm Swibesy. It, it would happen. Instantly in Australia. Yeah, you could not get away from that name, nah. Swibesy. Um, guess I have to keep up with my Sydney Scheinberg level so I can keep hearing you all say it while hopefully becoming the official keeper of facts about Gary, Indiana. Wait. Cheers, friends. You're the official Swibesy of this podcast. Yeah, easily. And it's a, it's a role we take very seriously. That's right. We auditioned thousands. <laughs> Thanks, Swibes. That's so funny that we were immediately like, Swibesy, <laughs> and then his, his brag is that we keep saying Swibesy. That's great. Imagine if he was like, uh, question, can you please stop calling me Swibesy? And we're like, oh, no. <laughs> yeah. um, our next fact quarter question comes from Nathan Swap. Nathan's given himself the title, Wizard of Mundane Curses. <laughs> I, I love, love that. And Nathan's given us a question. Says, if you could put a magical curse on someone you don't like in your life, oh, what wow. would it be? Nothing harmful, of course. I mean, it's a curse. I don't see how that's yes, a nice not curse. harmful in some way. Uh, oh, and it looks like Nathan has answered his own question, which we which we obviously love. For example, I would make it so that my arch nemesis would catch every red light every time they drive. Oh, that's good. That is pretty good. I at work the other day. Um, this was during the like the hottest one hundred countdown. And uh, um, a song from Vance Joy came on, like a very well-known Australian artist. Fantastic. Acclaimed. Quite famous. Big seller. Really beloved. And and comes across as such a lovely guy. Yeah. One of my colleagues was like, fucking Vance Joy. Really? And I was like, you don't like Vance Joy? He's like, I don't like him. And he couldn't – he was like, he seems really nice. I don't know why. I just – and he was like, if I could snap my fingers and end one person's career, it would be <laughs> Vance Joy. What a strange – like yeah. yeah, and he was like, I acknowledge that I could like save lives or really impact the world if I ended somebody else's career, but it would be Vance Joy. I think that's so funny. Um, yeah, wowzers. A curse you could put on someone you don't like. Okay, firstly, Dave, you have to try and think of somebody you don't like. Okay, but I don't want to name them because I don't want to publicly no. So this person I'm thinking of, what about um, – because there's no one that I truly hate that I know. Yeah. that makes sense. Obviously, there's evil people in the world that everyone knows about, but – People that in my immediate life, uh, I don't know anyone truly evil that I, that I hate, hate, hate. Mm. So, thankfully, it is not going to be a, a super harmful curse. But what about something like um, they're more likely to step in a puddle? Because oh, that- I hate, I personally hate a wet sock more than nearly anything in this world. Yeah, that can really ruin a day. Yeah, a wet sock. I would similarly, I would say that, like they always have cold feet. Oh, okay. Or really hot feet. Because if if no, my feet, hot feet are too that's a hot, nightmare. I melt down. That, and you want you think this person should experience it all the time? All the time. They can never get their feet to a comfortable temperature where they don't have to think about it. Right now, I'm not thinking about my feet because they're just a regular temperature. Yep. But when my feet are too cold, or if my feet are really hot, oh my god, <laughs> I'm a nightmare. <laughs> I think hot. I think they always have really hot feet. So this is not the the kind of thing where you'd say I wouldn't wish this on my worst enemy because you have just done that. <laughs> I wish I always have really hot, sweaty feet. Hot feet. Oh, no matter what, they cannot cool them down. Cool down those puppies, and they're just oh, they're just feeling so uncomfortable. That would be all the awful. Time. Yeah, I know, but I hate this person. Are you thinking of someone? No. Oh, okay. But, but if you were, they got hot feet. Hold that for your enemies. Not like sexy feet, like hot feet. Know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. 
Um, thank you, Nathan. Yeah, Love to think about that. Interesting question for yourselves at home. Ask yourself, yeah. who's your enemy and what would you do to them? And, but, I mean, I'm thinking about what would really drive me crazy too. So, it says a lot about me, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, that's right. Also, I wouldn't be putting it out there because someone, if they have the no! power, will put that curse on you because they instantly know what you hate. Okay, well, you're going to have wet feet now. Wet socks all the time. Damn it. I'm an idiot too. <laughs> We're both idiots. Finally, for the fact quote question section, I would love to uh, thank Tessa Chilcott. And Tessa's title is President of the Shits and Giggles Department. Well. And it's an important job. Very important. Important role. Um, Tessa has given us a fact, and that fact is in Israel it is illegal to bring a beer to the beach. No idea why it became illegal. Fun to imagine that situation, though. Lol. To bring a a be- beer or a bear? Bear. <laughs> <laughs> it's bear. Because, you know, there's quite a few beaches in Australia where over summer it's illegal to drink alcohol down there. But we do. But people absolutely do. But bring a, you can't bring a bear to the, What if my bear, it's like the last day of my bear's life, you know? I, I, I immediately just, went to Teddy Bear. You're thinking it, it obviously is a real bear, isn't it? Oh, yeah, I guess so. Like a, it's a grizzly. You couldn't bring a toy bear? <laughs> I don't know why. Wow. Maybe you could bring like a, a bear cub and say it's a chow chow. Chow chows look a little bit oh, like a I bear. I love a chow chow. I had a couple growing up. Loved Did them. you? Yeah. My I, dad loves them. I didn't know that. Did you know that? Yeah. Huh. Um, I so I walk the dog with a group of friends a couple of times a week, and one of those dogs is a Chow Chow. I didn't know what color. Black. Oh, yes. And he's like nine years old, and he's like a bit over the walk sometimes. So now she has a pusher for him, like a pram. No. Yes, and he walks. He'll still walk like a k or two, and then he's like, "I'm done." I'm, I'm getting. He in. gets in the pram, and still would look at everyone like, "Yeah." Oh, he I'm has better than you. The best. I mean, all the other dogs are jealous. Like, why the fuck does Raph get to get in the pram? Raph the Chow Chow. I'll oh. show you pictures. He's he's gorgeous. That's fantastic. So sorry, Tessa, that I read that wrong. It is not bring a beer to the beach. It's bring a bear. It's a much more interesting <laughs> fact than bring a beer <laughs> to the beach. I'm sorry. You're right. What kind of situation had to occur for that to become a law? Yeah, something had this to go is, horribly it, wrong. It's so much better when it's read properly, Tessa. So I, I apologize, but what a great, what a great fun fact. Well, that brings us to the end of the fact, quote, or question section. Now, there's just a couple of other things that we need to do as well, Dave. How are we going to split this up? How are we going to do this? Well, usually we shout out to a few other people by uh, reading out where they're from and their name to thank them for uh, supporting us on the shout-out level or above. Yeah. And uh, and usually, Jess, you come up with a bit of a game. Oh, yeah. What was that? Indiana Jones. Okay. What if we gave them – you know how it's always like Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom? Yes. Or like what if we gave them uh, and the – do you know what I mean? I love it. Jess Perkins and the drink bottle of doom. <laughs> it's always doom. <laughs> it doesn't have to always be doom. I just saw a drink bottle. And- Remember a few weeks ago I mentioned um, I used to listen to the Dave Gorman radio show where they had a segment called Pun Street where um, I mentioned there was a, a hairdresser that I didn't understand. I didn't get the pun, but it was called Salon Le Bon. Supposed to be like Simon Le Bon from Duran Duran. Ah. That's the one I remember. The other one I remember is they had a, a pet shop called Indiana Bones and the temp. No, it's a, sorry, it's a dog grooming and the Temple of Groom. Oh, that's great! <laughs> that is so fantastic. The two, one that stuck with me because I loved it, and the other one sell on the bond because I was so perplexed. That by is it. that is still very confusing. Um, that's great. Yeah, what do you reckon? We give them an and the and the yes, yes, love it. Okay. Um, well, let, do you want to go? Do you want to? Sometimes when there's just two of us, we go. Let's just go back and forth, and inevitably, some somebody or always forgets we're going back and forth. Okay, 
Great. So you just want to go first. You do the first four. Then you do. I do five. Great. I'll volunteer. I'll step up. <laughs> Great. Okay. Well, I would love to kick things off. And these are people that support us on the uh, Ask Prod associate producer level and above, I believe. Um, it's all written on patreon.com. It's nice and clear we over there. We totally – we do forget. We just forget. I, I'm, I'm confident it's Ask Prod. It is the Ask Prod level or above. You're absolutely right. Over on patreon.com forward slash do go on pod. Hang on. I'm going to sneeze. <laughs> <laughs> Became a laugh. I bless you. Thank you. Okay, first I would love to thank from Nas in County Kildare in Ireland, uh, Jean Temple. <laughs> She's already, they've already got Temple. Temple. Jean Temple and, and the, the Temple of Jean. Jean. <laughs> <laughs> what about Jean Temple and the Temple of Jeans and yeah. Indiana Jones? Like, it's. Jeans dressed like Indiana Jones, but they're wearing denim, like a full denim yes. matching. Yeah. And everything in this <laughs> temple is denim. That's incredible. That's great. First cab, off the rank. Love Loved that. it. Uh, I would also love to thank from Perth in Western Australia, Celeste Haji Ali. Celeste, oh, that really rolls off the tongue, doesn't it? Haji Ali, you like it a lot. Yeah. I, I remember Celeste suggesting a topic, and it might have even been Mary Celeste or something. I could be wrong there. Sorry, Celeste. And phonetically and telling us how to say their name. And I might have just butchered it or we might be right. I hope you've got it right because I do love it. It's great. So, it's Celeste Haji Ali and And the the mysterious broom. Yes. Mysterious broom. What does it mean? Who knows? Find out. You have to watch this two and a half hour movie to find out. (laughs) It's only revealed in the final scene. It's a face melting broom. Roll credits. Let's not forget the the most re- the upcoming Indiana Jones is and the Dial of Destiny. So the mysterious oh, broom good. isn't that out. of Oh out no, of the- I think it's fantastic. <laughs> Sorry for getting a bit defensive over here. Let's not, let's not forget. Yeah, let's not forget that that's pretty good. I would also love to thank from Reservoir in Victoria, Peter Short. Peter Short. Peter Short and the River of Destiny. Oh, that sounds nice. That sounds good. It sounds like it's quite. It's like a paradise. Yeah, it does. But with it? A, I can imagine But with that. like a, a darkness underneath, yeah. you know? Like it, you'd be like, wow, an oasis, cool. And you're like enjoying it for a bit and then like some members of your party start going missing and stuff. Oh, hang on. It's, it's interesting. It's exciting. Go on, you Peter Short. Thank you, Peter Short. And finally for me, I would love to thank from Denver, Colorado, Evan Sumner. Evan Sumner. Sumner. There's a um, there's a great Tassie band or duo called Sumner. Anyway, really, yep. it's also um, Sting's real name. Sumner, yeah, Sumner, Gordon Sumner. Oh yeah, okay. So Evan Sumner and the Tunnel of Truth. Oh, that's good. Tunnel of Truth. Tunnel of Truth. <laughs> I was going to say something really gross, and I'll just say that to you off air. Do you want to thank some people now? <laughs> My mind is racing, here, people. Who knows what they could have been? Who knows what they could have been? Yeah. The t- <laughs> what is the tunnel of truth? <laughs> I would like to thank uh, from East Providence in what I believe is Rhode Island. Rhode Island, fantastic state, underrepresented in our Patreon. So My favorite. Great to have you here. Miss in uh, Miss Congeniality, Rhode Island. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. <laughs> She's great. Anyway. From uh, Rhode Island, Trevor Pont. Oh, Great name there, Trev. Pont or Ponty? Well, it could be a Ponty. 
Ponte, like the bridge. Ponte. Ponte Vecchio. Trevor Pont and the delirious, delinquent. Oh. Daniel. Whoa, that sucked. <laughs> no. Yeah, that's pretty you, good. You go, what the hell does that mean? Who is this Daniel? Trevor Pont and the delirious delinquent Daniel. See, that feels less like a like an Indiana Jones type romp and more of like a kid's mystery sort it of. It does sound. Which I love. I say that. You know what you it know, honestly sounds like? As a positive. The Troy McClure <laughs> movie. <laughs> what is it? I'm trying to get the exact wording here. The contrabulous fabtraption of Professor Horatio Huffnagel. <laughs> God, they had some fun in the writer's room, didn't they? So fun, so fun. Trevor Pont and the delirious delinquent Daniel. Thank you, Trevor. I would like to thank now from Philadelphia in Pennsylvania. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, Philadelphia. I would like to thank Bracken Markins. Bracken Markins. Bracken, you don't come across that name enough. Bracken Markins is such a good name. Bracken Markins and the Cave of Wanda. Wanda. Not even Wanda. Wanda. I love it. Wanda. Wanda. Yeah. How like do you spell it? Physical Wanda? W-A-N-D-A. Yes. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds pretty dirty, actually. <laughs> Sorry, Bracken. <laughs> Cave of Wanda. <laughs> I'd like to thank from Greenville in Texas, it's Minty Wells. <sighs> Minty Wells. <laughs> the well of. Oh. Minty Wells and the well of youth. Oh, well of youth. Yeah. That sounds like something that Indiana Jones is going to look for. Yeah, big time. You know, the myth of of some sort of fountain of youth, a well of youth. <laughs> now, uh, I'm not going to read it out, but a big shout out to yep. you, Minty Wells, for your email. Yeah. Did you see that there? Yes, I did. <laughs> Don't want to dox you, but that's funny that's stuff. That's stuff. I hope you put that on the uh, job applications. <laughs> I would like to thank now from location unknown. We can only assume they are deep within the fortress of the moles, mm-hmm. a place that Indiana Jones would kill to get to, I assume. Oh, yeah. And this person is Anita. Anita and the anteaters. Oh, okay. Yeah. Great. <laughs> love it. I actually I love an Fun anteater. Band. Yeah, Anita and the anteaters. Yeah. That's fun. That's actually really good. It's also a great romp film. Yeah. So it can be all of it. Anita, do with that name what you will. You can form a band. We give you a blessing. As long as we can be in the band. Thank you. (laughs) And finally, from Lincoln in Great Britain, I would like to thank Hannah G. Hannah G and the tree of light. Okay. Not tree of life. Light. Tree of light. What does that mean? Is it a Christmas tree? Is it a metaphor? Oh, okay. You know? It's what it might be one of those like one of those things like the Holy Grail, something that's like, whoa, what is it? You know? It's exciting. You have to watch it to find out. Well, Hannah G, I wish you luck on your journey. Um, so thank you very much to Hannah, Anita, Minty, Bracken, Trevor, Evan, Peter, Celeste, and Jean. Um, the last thing we need to do before we skedaddle on out of here, get you, let you people enjoy the rest of your day, night, morning, whatever it is that you're up to, is uh, welcome a few people into the Triptych Club. Now, what this is is these are people who have supported us for three consecutive years. 
on the um, Sydney Scheinberg Deluxe level. Um, and we like to welcome them into an exclusive club where we have drinks, uh, we have nibbles, <laughs> we have some live music. Oh, yeah. We have um, PowerPoints if you want to plug in your phone, give that a charge. We also have uh, PowerPoint presentations if you want to learn a new thing. Yeah, if you want to, that's fine. We've got little um, sleeping nooks so you can go have a nap. We've got bean bags. Oh, yeah. We've got every type of chair that you could possibly want. We've got a little, like, uh, computer lab in the back where oh, you can that. play video games or oh. just, like, look at naughty stuff on the internet. Oh, wow. Whatever. So, um, yeah. Safe search is off. We'd love to invite some people in. Uh, this week I will be listing off the names and also hyping you up, Dave. Okay. Because right. what Dave does is he welcomes you in with some incredibly clever wordplay. A bit of a pun based on your name, but it's really more about the energy. Exactly. Don't listen to the words. Listen to the energy. That's right. That's what's actually important. There's also- People um, say anything that they like, but they don't have this energy. Yeah. Um, I'm also in charge of drinks and snacks. This time, everything is served in a coconut. Oh, great. Love it. Yeah. So- Love a coconut. You can have whatever you want. Can I make a suggestion for the snacks? Okay. Bad dates. That's an Indiana Jones reference. You'll get that when you, uh, if you if you don't remember it from okay. Raiders of the Lost Ark. And I'm, am I serving some bad dates yeah. in the coconut? Okay. Oh, no. So, that's separate to the drink. You can do whatever you want in the drink in the coconut. Okay. But you can also have coconuts full of bad dates if you like. No, I'm serving all the food in coconuts as oh, well. Oh, okay. Great, great, great. So, if you want like uh, just, just some fries, that's fine, but I am putting it in the coconut. <laughs> Getting soggy from the coconut walls. If you want like a, a, big, a bit of soup, the soup that's always way too hot. Yeah. That's okay. You can have that, but it is coming in a coconut. I've bought too many coconuts. I can, I can understand. I can <laughs> I've see got that. to get rid of them. You also book a band, Dave. Have you um, booked a band this week? You're never going to believe it. You are never going to believe it. And I wish that I had confirmed this when Marcel was still here, but unfortunately their manager hadn't quite got back to me yet, but it's just come through in the email. John Williams. Get out. Composer is performing live. Unfortunately, the orchestra that he was conducting has been trapped in LA. <laughs> Okay. They haven't made it through. So, John temple Williams. Doom. It is a right, temple of doom. That's what I got. That's good stuff. <laughs> so, unfortunately, John Williams will not have an orchestra, but he will be humming some of the tunes of his favorite. Right. Do, 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 I mean, we do, could like. Do, 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 we could probably just like put on a Spotify playlist or something for him if he wants. No, no, no. He, he likes, wants he, to hum he's it. He's doing it live. Okay. He's doing it live. And he'll be like, remember that time that I did this song? Yeah. And we'll do, be like, do, not really. Do, 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 do. Everyone joins in. It's a real, it's a real hum uh, sesh. Oh, yeah, that could be quite nice, actually. Everyone humming together. All right, great. Well, I look forward to that. Look forward to meeting him. Um, so, let's welcome in some new members. We've got four new inductees. Count them. One, two, three, four on the floor. <laughs> okay. Sorry, just trying to get into it. Yeah, he's already in a good energy. Um, so, first and foremost, I would love to lift the velvet rope <laughs> and welcome in from Marrero, LA, Alan Abadi Jr. Uh, Marrero, more like Ferrero Rocher. Yeah, woo. <laughs> expensive chocolate in Australia. Hopefully you also have that in LA. Alan, you're a baddie. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's young person. <laughs> you're a junior. Cool. <laughs> uh, from San Francisco, California, it's Anna. Well, I thought about throwing a spanner in the works, but actually I'd rather throw an Anna, Anna in the works. Anna in the party. From, uh, br what is this? <laughs> Brynigsville. That doesn't make any sense. Brynigsville. Brynigsville, uh, Pennsylvania, PA? Yeah. I would love to th bring in Ian K. You know what? You're more than okay. You're Ian yes. K. <laughs> yes. And from Perth, Western Australia, I'd love to welcome Sarah Witham. Sarah. If you're not with them, you're, you're against, against them. them. Yeah. Sarah. 
<laughs> I was going to do something about uh, your last name written down. looks like with ham. <laughs> Here she is. With ham. Sarah Witham. Uh, no offence, mine was better. It was wh- Honestly, that's why I, stopped, I went with you. But I just wanted to let the people know what I would have said and it was not as good. <laughs> so welcome, Sarah, Ian, Anna and Alan. Welcome. Make yourselves at home. Um, grab a coconut. Fill it with whatever you want, to be honest. Yeah, and then just start humming along to John Williams. Yeah, and enjoy. Um, and with that, I guess that brings us to the end. Is there anything else that we need to let people know, Dave? Well, we can let them know that if they want to get in contact with us, we've got an email. It's dogoonpod at gmail.com and we're on social media and you can find all the links uh, on our website, dogoonpod.com, but we're basically at dogoonpod on things. Mm. If you want to follow us, that would be fantastic. And, uh, yeah, if you want to suggest a topic, join the Patreon, all that sort of stuff, it's dogoonpod.com. Basically, that should be your homepage, people. Yeah. It's ours. Yeah, obviously. Yeah. Mine's Google. Stop using Google. Start using dogoonpod.com. <laughs> but I can't search for things. You can. Can you, I? Yeah, it just always comes up with one of the three of us. Wow. So you say, which richest person in the world, Matt comes up. Yeah. It's a lie. <laughs> Most beautiful person in the world. Matt comes up. It's <laughs> also a lie. <laughs> he has made it so he comes up for everything. <laughs> but still, make it to the homepage. Do go on pod.com. But what do you reckon? We kick this baby home. Yeah, let's get out of here, I reckon. Hey, we'll be back next week with another episode. But until then, we'll say thank you so much for listening to us. And until then, I will say goodbye. Laters. Bye. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Summer's just around the corner, so give your body the care it deserves with Osea's best-selling Andaria Algae Body Oil. Created by infusing Andaria seaweed in barrels of botanical oils, it leaves skin silky soft and glowing. Plus, it's clinically proven to improve elasticity and deeply moisturize without feeling greasy. It's safe, clean, vegan skincare. Get 10% off your first order at oseamalibu.com with code GLOW, plus free shipping on orders over $60.